0: Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War, special edition. This is our special series breaking down the docuseries, The Last Dance, chronicling the Michael Jordan-led Chicago Bulls. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the commissioner, PC Tunney. And ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor, privilege, and pleasure to introduce our guest host today, ladies and gentlemen. My brother from another mother, my mister from another sister. Put your hands together and show your love for the one, the only Mr. Ray Cash.
1: Sometimes I feel that he is me like my a no, I don't want to be like Mike, but what's happening? What's good?
0: <laughs> Brother, it is a pleasure to have you on here, man. I'm so glad we had you on here. We really wanted to have you on here for this specific episode, but we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, Mr. Tunney, how are you today, sir?
2: I'm doing well. Happy to be back talking the old basketball with you again, uh, especially Michael Jordan and them Bulls. And I'm even happier to see Ray's beautiful face over there wearing that beautiful that beautiful. I'm gonna come out ahead of time, and I'm i I'm gonna just be honest. I forgot KJ was number seven, and he had to. He had to inform me, but he's got the Kevin Johnson jersey on. I actually had the uh, Black Suns jersey from Char, of Charles Barkley. I love that jersey.
1: The 34 with the shooting star. You betcha, bro. That's one. I want to get the black one, but I want to get Rex Chapman. Well, there you go. Follow that's Rex.
2: Follow Rex Chapman on Twitter. It's a hell of a follow. Rex Chapman's a hell of a story, man. That's that's one hell of a comeback. But that's. That's a story for another time. Hey, Mr. Ray Cash, thank you for coming on the show as well for me. And before we get started, why don't you tell everybody what you got going on and where people can find you. I know we're going to do it again at the end, but go ahead and plug everything right now.
1: Well, I appreciate it. It's my pleasure to be on. It's uh, been been meaning to do a, a pod with UPC for a damn near year and a half almost. Right. I ain't seen Platt since forever. Man, yeah. Yeah, uh, but Re- I reunited and it feels so good. I'm saying <laughs> um, I've basically been a hermit in the middle of this quarantine, but uh, you know, you can still find me at it's ray cash R E Y as, as in Mysterio C-A-S-H as in dollar sign. See, I ain't even said that in so long, God, I don't even say it right. Uh, I am still a chair shot contributor. We are actually recording an episode of The Outsider's Edge this week, so shout out to that. Ain't much to talk about when ain't, ain't nothing happening so <sighs> tell me about uh, it man, yeah, man. I,
2: i've been doing three wrestling shows a week since this shit happened and i can't find a damn thing to talk about every week thank god for platt and dp and balls brothers because
1: they're always full of shenanigans i'm about to say what the hell are you talking about like how nice the pc looks or something shit what are you Dude, talking about
2: seriously <laughs> last week we played sound bites where dp and i played sound bites, and andrew uh, adam balaz had to guess what they were and then he flipped a script and he named a wrestler and we each had to find a soundbite. That's what kind of shit we've been doing.
1: So basically, you got less you have less to talk about than 205 has less to show on TV. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, about, sorry about that. Uh but no man, you, I'm always around. I'm always lurking. me? Um I'm in I'm in these Twitter streets, you know. But look, I know what we're here for. I know what we came for. And I got some beef with somebody on one of these episodes from last night.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, tease. I like it. Before we get to any of that, I do have to say, uh, number one, uh, Mr. Cash, I'm extremely jealous of you because throughout this quarantine, your hair and facial hair looks much better than mine. I'm out here looking like a Hebrew slave. I'm jealous.
1: It's all bad. Yes. I got this headset on, so my shit is even. Let me take it off. It's, my hair looks like, have you ever looked at, like, the Himalayan mountains and how they just, like, have peaks and valleys? That's what what my hair looks like right now. (laughs) Bruh. I just watched an
0: episode of Family Matters, and Rachel went on a date, and her date's <laughs> head was just like you. So, y- you you could be a late '80s, early '90s heartthrob on a, a black sitcom, <laughs> bro. So you good, you good. I'm out here looking like I'm wading in the goddamn water, okay?
1: High real- shows hate slavery. That's how I'm looking right now, okay? So, so I want to so- hear. It. I'm reoccurring, uh, I'm reoccurring sitcom guest host. Good enough, yes, okay. yes, yes, good, good. Thank you. I'll, I'll take that. Yes. I will, I'll gladly yeah. take that. Yes, um,
0: hey, you seen Magna PI at that point. He over there. That's, that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm
1: with it. I still gonna check. Don't matter. <laughs> I had a speaking part, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You guys, Anywho, PC's you guys, over here listening Man, this is the most entertaining thing I've had to listen to in a long time You guys are the best
0: Hey man, the struggle is real out here, man I mean, hell, PC, your people out here uh, rioting and protesting like this, the, their civil rights movement because they can't go to Panera Bread and Supercut
1: so you, you well, the struggle is real for y'all too They ain't well, my right, people real for y'all too. Those ain't my people
2: <laughs> Let me just tell you right now
1: <laughs> that group of people that is their civil rights don't infringe upon my public shopping, okay? Oh. Don't do that. Oh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> uh, hey, man, them,
0: them, them Panera bread bowls ain't gonna sell themselves. I get it. I'm I don't. Saying.
2: I don't. I don't work at Panera, but I do work. I do work <laughs> somewhere where I have a lot of customers every day, so I don't want to go down the retail <laughs> hell all. All right. That's right. I just. I'll That's tell bad, you this. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll end it. I'll end it like this. I am glad I can still go to work and get a paycheck every week. That's what Amen. I'm glad about. There's a lot of people who don't have money coming in, and even the $1,200 check, if you have direct deposit, you already got it, it's still only going to last you a month. By the time you pay the rent, you pay the electric bill, you know, and you buy some food on the table, put gas in your car, that's $1,200. Yeah
0: i think we can all drink to that man and i absolutely hate my my shoot job but i i'm blessed to have it man i'm not gonna lie because there's a lot of people out here that are out here bad you know what i mean we still have a three income household we got a freezer full of food a refrigerator full of liquor and we got each other man so I, I'm, I'm i'm blessed man i gotta say that i'm blessed
1: by the way platt i'm sorry that espn canceled your show how i it sucks <laughs>
2: What that they can, that they can that they canceled it or the show? That's a Bomani Jones joke.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I missed because it. of the boy. It's the boy's the tall, skinny guy, the voice. I know, I know yeah. who
2: Bomani is. Yes, Very much so. Well aware of Bomani Jones. That oh, one over although went over my head.
0: So I, I had that coming. That's a receipt. <laughs> we called that a receipt in the wrestling business. I had that one coming.
2: Should we pay some bills here before we get into basketball?
0: Let's do it, man. All right. Chair Shot Radio. Network. TheChairShot.com. Oh. Always use your head. Hadn't heard that one in a while, man. That's a blast from the past. Just had to get yourself over, huh, Sonny? Yeah, I ain't about it.
1: Hey, yo, no. you tell Tom- me... You're gonna get an angry email from Tom Morello one of these days. I promise you.
2: No, me and Tom are old friends, as far as okay. he remember. As far as he remembers.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, touche. We'll play. We'll play, sir. Y'all go back like spinal cords and car seats, huh? Is that do those things go together?
1: Just laugh and figure it out <laughs> when you get up there. Basketball. I don't know how many times I'm gonna do the Jordan shrug on the Skype chat, <laughs> but I <I'll> am just keep <laughs> doing it because it just fits.
0: anywho pc man so okay so we started uh to be fair total disclosure man i didn't get an opportunity to watch the episodes live with everybody on twitter like a family last night i uh, shoot i got a little hee-hoo and passed out and didn't wake up till three o'clock in the morning thank you sir thank you i enjoyed myself
2: i haven't watched any of them live. I i watched it this morning too
0: yeah, so I, I actually watched it, um, I watched, I think, about 4 o'clock this afternoon. So they're still fresh on my mind right now.
2: All right, well, let's get into it. Let's start with the open of the show. And basically, the first thing they went into is Jordan's last All-Star game. What we know now as Jordan's last All-Star game was highly speculated at the time that it was Jordan's last All-Star game. And to me, one of the coolest things was uh, Larry Bird was his coach, right? and the interaction he had with Mazik Johnson before the game when he came into the locker room, and man, if Jordan doesn't drop Emmer Effer, motherfucker, almost everybody he talks to, like, I love it. To me, it's endearing. You know, I, I played team sports still to this day, not basketball anymore, but with a group of guys, and that's the language behind when no one's around. It's F this, F that, dirty jokes, everything else. I mean, that's, sports team culture to me and i thought it was a really cool look into michael jordan behind the scenes with all the all-star guys on the team like his interaction with them and you could see when he walked into the room they they turned and looked and knew it was jordan you know
1: and sure enough ray he comes out and wins the mvp the interesting thing to me about that clip was man look at the all-stars rick smiths tim hardaway sean kemp sean kemp on the and Cavs. on the calves yes that yes, the uh, Steve Smith coked up
0: 280 pounds, Sean Kemp. I, well, I know that for a fact, yeah, 2, he, was,
1: he was coked up. He hadn't got I, coked up yet. The oh, next okay. year he got oh, coked good. up because of the lockout. That was the next okay, year. Good. When hey, I God. was
2: in grade school, he was my favorite player. I had the green Sonics jersey, and I also had his uh, shoes, the white with the little bit of green Reeboks. Man, mm-hmm. he was the shit. When he was with the Sonics, he was like a Tasmanian devil, like – Bigger,
1: stronger, faster than everybody. Random question. I know we're talking Bulls, but I'm just curious because you said that. Could the 96 Sonics, if they stayed together, have been what we look at now as the Thunder from 2012? Because they were so young, and they, they weren't ready to be where they were. They had a great coach,
2: I'll tell you that. Um, George Karl. They had a good team. The, George, they had yeah,
1: shrimp. Pey- Peyton, had- um, Hersey Hawkins, right? Yeah, they yeah. had some goons, Frank Bukowski and the other guy that started. I can't remember his name, but they had goons to beat up people. Uh, they had a, what, Sam Perkins off the left.: man. They had Ricky Pierce.
2: Ricky Pierce, right, too?
1: Ricky, Ricky I, Pierce I,
0: played yeah. that for a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, he was their sixth man, I believe. I think Eddie Johnson might have been on that team as well, wasn't he? Or uh, am Eddie, I tripping? Yeah, or Eddie I, Johnson for sure. Or, or, or am I thinking about Irvin Johnson? Maybe I'm getting my Johnson's. No, no, I'm Eddie Johnson.
2: No, Eddie Johnson was on that team. I remember it, playing the okay. Sega video
0: Nate, game with Eddie Johnson on the Sonic. Yeah, Nate McMillan. I mean, that team, that's an interesting team because I, I look back to that year that they played the Bulls in the finals. What was that, 96? That was the 72-10 uh, and 10 team. And they lost the first couple of games in that finals, and then they switched and put Gary Payton on Michael Jordan. And he gave Michael fits. So I wonder how that would have played out had Gary Payton been on Mike the entire time because Gary Payton number one verbally was probably the only melon farmer in the league that could verbally go tip for tat with Mike because Gary didn't stop talking the whole time he was playing. But I I wonder how that would have, I wonder if that would have changed the uh, trajectory of that series. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting what if, because I think that that Sonics team is probably the second best team that the bulls played during all six of their appearances next to the team that we're going to talk about momentarily, but that's neither (laughs) here nor there.
2: I'm going to curb the Sonics talk. Even though I love it because I feel like we're going to get to that because we haven't gotten to that yet. You know what I'm saying? But let's go back. Any other thoughts on that all-star game? I mean, he, it's, it's at Madison Square Garden. Jordan is famous for, for saying that, you know, hey, this is the Mecca of basketball right here.
0: So number one, I don't think it was his last All-Star game, because I'm pretty sure he made the All-Star team twice his two years with the Wizards. I, obviously we thought this was gonna be his last one, but just for continuity, that sake, that was a that was like Matt two. Hardy
2: and Matt Hardy version two. I, I prefer to remember oh, Matt. I prefer to oh, remember Matt right. Hardy. And you know what? I'm gonna take a 30-second timeout for comparing Michael Jordan to Matthew Hardy.
0: That's probably best. <laughs>
1: I feel like Number we get an
0: aquarium on the background. <laughs> Number two, and 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 Ray, I'm gonna throw you the lob after this, brother, but little Laker boy.
2: Oh yeah.
0: That's far week. little Laker boy.
1: That little Laker <laughs> boy.
2: He, he shoot four <laughs> air balls with me. He better rebound. That's the only way he's getting the ball.
1: <laughs> Can we shout out the greatness of Kobe? That he was he was not even starting on the Lakers in his second year and an all-star starter. Dog, that's crazy.
2: I remember people being up in arms about that.
1: And then they watched the game and they were like, never mind. And he won the dunk contest that year as well, didn't he? No, no, he won the dunk contest when he was bald. Oh. He okay. had the afro. That he was, was right. that was brandy to the prom years. we ah. talked about the year before that. Yeah. Moe <laughs> that little Laker boy Dude, that's crazy bro that's the bar of the week man that might be the bar of the series that little Laker
0: boy and then you know we see what he became but I popped I rewound that five, four or five times just to hear him say oh that little Laker boy like I love that <laughs> shit that little Laker boy
1: <laughs> oh man that's, that's awesome
2: alright guys I talked earlier about having um, Sean Kemp's shoes growing up now this story turns into Michael Jordan actually finally being in the league. They, they flashback now early on his time in the league, and who's he end up going to get a shoe deal with, right? And at the time, I believe it was 84, 85, Converse had the biggest guys, the biggest names in the league. They had Bird, they had Magic, right, among a, a few other guys that were really high-profile guys. I can't exactly remember their name right now. But Jordan wanted to go with Adidas, right? He was a fan of Adidas. But Adidas couldn't really pay him that much, and they couldn't really give him his own shoe. They they weren't that big yet, right? So Nike was mainly known as this track company that made track shoes, and Jordan really didn't want to meet with them. But lo and behold, every good boy listens to his mama. And his mom said, listen, you don't have to like it, but you're going to go listen. You're going to go listen. And he went, and they made him the best deal, and his dad said, you got to take this deal. You know? They were gonna. They gave him a quarter of a million dollars as a rookie just to to sign that deal with them. He put them on the map. Nike is nothing without Jordan, right? They may be like a, they're they're like a new era or a, or a Sakani. They're like a running shoe company otherwise, right? They they don't they're not mainstream. So I'll leave you guys with this stat and, and let you guys jump all over this one. Nike was hoping within the first, I believe it was. Three or four years to sell three million Air Jordans. Mm-hmm. They sold 126 million in the first year. Sometimes
1: I feel like he is. Look, so let me say this real quick, and then I'm going to give it to you because I'm not the shoehead that uh, most people are. Uh, but number one, we forget Jordan is a black dude from the South. So of course he was going to listen to his mama. That's number one, mm-hmm. but, but you you could have stopped there. Just black dude, <laughs> you might, but from the <laughs> south yeah, makes yeah. it you from yeah. well you're not quite from the south, but you live in the south, so you get it. Yeah, uh, but secondly, I think the most underrated thing about Jordan's career, about Jordan's life, is the fact that he has been marketable and the most marketable human being. From the second he stepped in the league, this isn't like something that he grew to. Like, the reason we buy shoes, the reason people wear basketball shoes as fashion now is strictly and solely because of Michael Jordan. That is fascinating to me. You wonder why the dude's a billionaire now. Think about that 126 mil first year. Good God.
0: So let me say this to try to add a little bit of context to the conversation. So, yeah, Nike was known as a running shoe, but they did start to gain traction, first and foremost, in the black community. Like, everybody – you, do you guys remember the Nike Cortez's? Like, the Nike Cortez's like mm-hmm. the, the were so prominent in the black community, they literally had their own nickname. They were known as the Dope Mans because mm-hmm. that was the shoe that the Dope Man – because in the 80s, that, that's who had the money in the black community, a.k.a. the hood – the dope man would go on the Cortez's, like, to to the point where Nike wasn't even the original name. They were originally called Nikes. But because the brothers got a hold of them and took a liking and took a shine to them, they started calling them Nikes, and, you know, the rest is history. They just rode with it from there. But they were originally called Nikes. They weren't even Nike. But, you know, so that being said, man, it kind of to kind of bring it full circle, man, it coincides with the popularity of Jordan, because I think, like, the... But before mainstream America got hip to him, the, the brothers latched onto him just because he was he was flashy. The shoes looked good, all the dunks and this and that. And then that per, that ultimately propelled him to the mainstream. And obviously, we know Nike and, and and Mike Nike and Mike it clearly was a match made in heaven, and everybody benefited from that, including the NBA,
1: especially the NBA. Think think about the what if if Jordan signed with Adidas. My God. Well, yeah. I... That changes the whole game. Nike's probably not even in business anymore. They'll be a, they'll Phil and Nike got too much money. They'll well, maybe it's because of, of Jordan, so never mind. Yeah. But I think they'll be Tony said best. I mean, like Sakani and all these smaller they, they'll be fine. They'll be in Academy somewhere or exporting goods for those of you not in the South. As you know, with some soccer shoes and some track shoes, but they, they're they not the powerhouse. They don't have a campus in Eugene that's bigger than the state of Rhode Island. They don't have that without Michael Jordan.
2: The crazy thing is, is you get the greatest player in the world with tons of charisma and his sole focus is being the best basketball player ever. And then once he begins his, his, journey on becoming a spokesperson and basically a role model, if you will. He's he's an A-plus player, right? So you have these perfect things coming together. And then not only do you have that, but you add in an ingredient that is impossible to find anywhere else in a genius in Spike Lee playing Mars Blackman uh, on those commercials and just accelerating the fire that is Michael Jordan. I mean... Those are the most, some of the most iconic commercials in history, regardless of sport or or what kind of product you're talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Everything just seemed to line up perfectly for what we see today. It, it was serendipity. Everything lined up perfectly.
1: It's got to be the shoes. The shoes. The shoes. The shoes. The shoes. It's got to be the shoes. It damn sure wasn't those ones. I mean, you saw the <laughs> also game had his feet bleeding.
2: Yes. <laughs> Isn't that the best? He's, I wonder if anybody's asking for a shoes and he wanted to give them away, but he's like, I can't walk back to the locker room in bloody socks.
0: No, <laughs> but that's so Nike, man. Y'all know what it was, man. Y'all could do a, ex- a little extra pad in there. You knew why he wanted the shoes, the symbolism. Y'all could thrown some pad in there. Right. But yeah. it seemed
2: like he just went off the cuff and had a pair hidden somewhere and he just grabbed them and said, I'm going to wear these today. <laughs> You he know. grabbed from his closet. And listen, listen, I told yeah. Platt this before, and I think I might have said it on the series already, unless it was a pre-show thing we were talking about. But my dad had the Magic Johnson Converse, okay? And he still had them in good shape when I was in high school playing basketball. So one day I just, I convinced him to let me take them and wear them at practice. I wanted to wear them in a game, but I knew my coach wouldn't let me, and my dad goes, you don't want to wear these in a game anyway. So I take them and I wear them at practice, and yeah. I mean, there's no grip on the bottom of the shoe. You're basically licking your hands and rubbing your shoes the whole time, and there ain't no dust on the floor. Plus, there's no comfort. It's just a flat shoe, and that's pretty much what
0: Jordan was wearing too. Bro, speaking of conference, man, you remember in, in the 70s, man, everybody was hooping in Chuck Taylors, and I don't even see how that's possible. How did everybody's ankles not explode out
1: here hooping in some Chuck Taylors? Chuck Taylors... It's like a piece of rubber and then, like, <laughs> some <laughs> denim that they put over it so they can tie it up. You might as well wear a moccasin. Ch- Ch- no, you know what Choctelers are? Choctelers are a splint. They're a splint for plantar fasciitis. That's all <laughs> they are. You'd
0: be better off playing barefoot on the uh, Samoan <laughs> wrestler side of the game. They're that throwing those some Taylors. <laughs>
2: You know, and, and Jordan said it best he, when he was wearing them. He's like, you have no idea how far the shoe industry has come, right, with not only forming it to, to the, the, the sole of your foot, etc., cetera, but putting in the air cushioning and, like, the memory foam and the different ways they've designed the shoes now on the angles where the heel comes up and up over the toe to make it more comfortable for you. I mean, you think about back in the day – it was kind of a box square kind of thing with a little bit over the top of your foot. And, hey, don't tie your laces too tight because it's going to cut the circulation off running through the top of your foot. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to play any well, of that shit.
1: I mean,
0: in my previous life, man, I, I was a, a shoe salesman on the Al Bunny side of the game. And occasionally I would get, you know, men and women that would come in with, you know, Fucked up feet, and they would come in trying to find something that they could wear and be comfortable, and maybe do some some sort of athletic opportunities. And neither one of the stores that I ever worked for they weren't known for their athletic shoes. But I would like flat out tell them, yo, you need to go to Foot Locker or Champs or something like that and go get you a basketball sneaker. And and the reason is because of the the advances in technology. Because basketball is one of those sports where. If you could play basketball, you could damn near play anything, but because of all the movements. Like, there's so many different movements. Like, you're jumping up and down, you're running, you got to stop on the drop of a dime, you're pivoting, you're reverse pivoting, and all of that. And the, the shoes yeah, and the shoe technology, man, it, it has come a long way because of the movements and everything that you know surrounds playing basketball. So, yeah, if you're looking for a comfortable shoe that you can maybe work out in or just be comfortable in, I always recommend basketball sneakers.
2: Can't argue with that. Guys, let's talk a little bit about basketball here. Let's talk a little bit about the Bulls. Let's talk about that second championship, right? It had been a, a while since anybody had repeated. Um, and
0: Jordan and what the Bulls. What are you Bulls, talking about? It had been like two years. What are you talking no, about? Are we oh, really going really to yeah. shit on the Pistons, sir? Really? That's what we're going to do? we do going to really go shit on whole the Pistons. point of the series, isn't it? I don't. Uh... It, it's, it seems like it, don't it, Ray? <laughs> I hey, I, 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 I don't know. I don't remember if we've had this conversation, Ray, but Isaiah Thomas is my favorite basketball player of all time. So oh, we're gonna get to that. The, the pi- I, I feel a certain way about the Pistons slander, man. I'm not saying. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it had been a while since anybody three peated, and we're gonna get to that. My there bad. you go. Okay. My bad. All right. Bulls, Blazers, Clyde Drexler, Michael Jordan. Jordan, uh, Drexler's the reason that Jordan didn't go to Portland in the draft, okay? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were comparing Jordan to Drexler, saying that they were on the same level. And, Ray, you're shaking your head. Jordan wanted to prove to everybody that we are not even close to on the same level.
1: No. They're, they're not... Clyde Drexler is an all-star. But think about this. Just... Back in Think about this. Back in 1992,
2: Jordan had one championship, right? Mm-hmm. But Clyde Drexler had been to multiple championships already, I'm fairly certain. This was his at least second time being there. He was older than Jordan. He probably averaged about 28 points
1: a game that year.
2: Because they had and, lost to the that Pistons. The hmm?
1: That wasn't, no, the the Pistons, did they, no, that they, they beat the, did they beat the Blazers in the finals?
0: Yes, that was uh, 90, that was 90. They beat the Blazers the in the finals. Year. Okay, in, yeah, the second year. Well, and then know the
1: that. Lakers won. Yeah, my bad, my bad. So you're right. Um, the Blazers team was stacked, by the way. For the yeah, record, yeah, it was it just was. To know that the team was stacked. Terry yeah. Porter,
2: product of UW Stevens Point, right here. There you go. Nice. Cliff Look at Rob- that. Cliff Robinson, Buck Williams, uh, Kevin J- Porter, Jerome
0: Kersey, Kevin
1: Duckworth,
0: Duckworth. My man.
1: First shot in history. <laughs> No, that's uh, right. Right. It's the worst shot in history. They make yeah. it no. <laughs> virtual high i I'm gonna do it for Teddy. you. Oh, I, I wish you guys could see this. I'm gonna, it's I'm gonna chair. commentate, and and Tony, <laughs> the role go. of Bill Cartwright is played, played by PC Tony, and here goes the shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You know it. You're laughing. you're laughing your ass off. He's you, trying to get his shoulder get in place. In. <laughs> when you're seven foot two. you got to get your shoulder in place. Uh, no, nah, the, but there, the one thing that Clyde Drexler has never had, and this goes, mind you, I'm born and raised in Houston. My mom went to school with Clyde and I came. The one thing Clyde Drexler has never had is a left competitive fire.
0: Oh, he that. See, uh, left hand? Or,
1: well, his nickname oh, he was... was his, Nick, his, his
2: nickname was The Glide.
1: Yeah, well, there you go, right? Clyde when Drexler did, got the same ball, ball handling skills that runner test has.
0: Oh, he's like Glenn Robinson. You know, he is, right. I would give Ron the advantage, quite frankly. And I say this, Clyde Drexler is a a an a, a, a all-star Hall of Fame caliber player, probably one of the best 50 players to ever pick up a basketball. But the Mellon Farmer had no left. And he's the only Mellow Farmer I see that I can say he is an all star and Hall of Famer that never looked up when he dribbled. Like this Mellow Farmer had his head down the entire time he would dribble. And that's the first thing you learn in basketball is to dribble with your head up. But there he was only- that damn good that it didn't matter.
1: There were only three, all- three guards that he had that played him that actually guarded him Sidney Moncrief, Alvin Robertson, and Jordan. So he was good for the rest of the year. Dumars. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Dumars. Yeah, you're right. Joe Dumars. Dude. My bad. No disrespect to the Pistons. My bad. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Joe Dumars the is a the bad Pistons. guy in that squad.
0: But I feel like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Joe Dumars was a bad melanoma man. I'm not taking anything away from Joe, but we're, we're you're not going to besmirch the good goddamn name of Isaiah Lord Thomas II. But we'll get to that momentarily. Speaking about the Blazers and the Bulls, that was a media creation, man. You know, sure. the because everybody knows, man. Sports and and wrestling and movies and whatever Hollywood, it's all about the narrative. So they created that false narrative: is Jordan, or excuse me, is Drexler as good as Jordan? Because Drexler was damn good. But our, our hindsight's always the best vision, but clearly it wasn't even close. And then they tried to differentiate them because Clyde shot threes and Jordan didn't really shoot threes. And what did Jordan do game one of that series, Mister Tunney?
2: Well, what was the? Uh, I'm trying to think. Who, who did Jordan play cards with the night before? And he Magic was like, Johnson. Urban. Yes, yes. Irving Magic Johnson. And he was talking about, "I got something for, I got something for your boy tomorrow," or something like that. And yeah, he was he was special guest commentator on the sideline, right? Yeah, the game. he just retired. Yes. And I and I watched this this morning and I'm sitting here and I'm I'm almost like it's funny because uh, how old are you? Are you the same age as I'll, me and
1: Platt? I'll be 32 in a few months.
2: All right, you're younger than us. You're about 7 years younger than us. So I'm I remember vividly watching all these early championships, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure the the Suns you obviously do <laughs> But you were a little bit younger than us, right? So when I watch some of this stuff, I almost like – I'm not crying or anything, but I almost like get like welled up and like so emotional, right, in a good way because I remember all these things happening, and I was such a fan of Michael Jordan. And to remember that game where it was like no one shot that many threes back then. It wasn't like now – if someone made five or six threes in the finals in the first half, whatever. You wouldn't even notice it anymore. But Jordan hit, what, did he hit five or six in the first half? He hit six threes. He yeah, had he 30, dead. what, he had 35 in the first half. And mm-hmm. that was
0: basically the end of the series. Yeah, it, boy, it yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, he took their heart. And, I mean, I mean, this was at a time where if you shot 30% from the three-point line, you were considered a three-point specialist. I mean, we, we talked about Sam Perkins earlier with that Sonics team. He reinvented himself as a three-point specialist, and he got probably another, what, six, seven, eight years out of his career just because he could hit 33% from the three-point line? My man
1: played with Dirk in Dallas. He's played for a long time. <laughs> 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 a long time. He played with Jordan at Carolina and Dirk in Dallas. That's that's a That's yeah. a hell of a bookmark. Yeah. <laughs> a of a bookmark. Yeah. And he was he was at Carolina before Jordan got there. It's like he was a yes. he was a freshman. He was already there. Um, one thing one more thing I want to mention that wasn't talked about on the show, but is important to note. Remember, Rick Adderman was the coach of Portland at the time. Rick Alderman has never been known as a coach that rallies guys. He's the X's and O's guy. So when they when they lost that game and Jordan just kind of obliterated their spirit, it was over. The, yeah, it, nobody it on that team was a rah rah guy to get them back. Nobody. what, what was it? Herb Williams was the be- guy, best guy. you had was it? Herbert Buck. 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 Buck Williams was the best guy you had that would kind of be the rah rah. They have, They never had a shot.
2: And Chris, you know, Kristen, Chris Dudley too. Remember Chris Dudley? He was oh, one, no, no, one of
0: no, the. No, no, no. No, yeah. he was on the the later Blazers teams. Those Scotty Pippen, Steve Smith, Rashid Wallace. Oh, you're right, because he was, uh, he was so on those teams. Man, you yeah. just got me thinking about New people Jersey, with New ugly Jersey. shots.
1: Yeah, he was in New Jersey at the time. He was a net. Hey, but he sure as hell will try to pump fake your ass on, on the 15 <laughs> What's up? All but, right. you know, at the time, and, you know, Tony
0: and I, we've talked about this, man. I'm, obviously, Isaiah's my favorite player, and... I'm from Cleveland. So at the time I wasn't a Jordan fan. I didn't appreciate Jordan and, and welcome him back until after the first retirement. And then when he came back and I, I could be cool with Jordan cause the Pistons were long dead and the Cavs sucked ass at the time. So it was cool to be like Mike, but at the time, I bought, I drank the Kool Aid. You know, I was a kid, but I drank the Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah, they're going to give Jordan his comeuppance because that year, I believe they beat the Cavs to make it to the Eastern or make it to the NBA Finals. So I'm like, yeah, get them, Portland, beat their ass. And uh, yeah, you see how that worked out for me.
2: You're just salty because Harper wasn't guarding Jordan instead of Elo. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on Work. to the dream. Yeah, what's up? Let's move on. Let's move on to the dream. That's team.
0: why Shaq took Alvin Robinson's head off, motherfucker. Kiss my ass.
1: <laughs> damage is already y- done. Y'all remember Return. that? Return I damage know, was buddy. done. Return fire wasn't that. felt. I know you I know you remember that.
0: I remember it. You choose not to. Was that when he threw the ball at his head too? Was oh, that no. that?
2: It was bad. <laughs> you started in with Isaiah, Let's talk about it. Go ahead, Platt. Your feelings and thoughts on Isaiah not being on the dream team, and
0: why do you think he wasn't on the dream team? Well, number one, it's bullshit that he wasn't on the dream team. I think we can all agree with that right is Is that unanimous at least
1: From a historical go ahead, Ray. I was probably gonna say the same thing you said from a historical standpoint and a talent standpoint, absolutely.
0: yes. I understand why he wasn't on there. So there's been a lot of conflicting uh, reports about what happened. I know uh, uh, Spider, John Spider Sally, he recently did a Vlad TV interview, maybe about a year ago, said that that was more magic as opposed to Michael. I've heard that story, and obviously uh, Spider has some validity to what he's saying, but the story that I would always heard was that, and I've heard this from you know multiple sources, excuse me, that was a Dick Ebersol call. So for those that don't know, and if you're a wrestling fan, you know that name, Dick Ebersaw, because him and Vince are biggest thieves, or at least they used to be. So at the time, Dick Ebersaw became the head of sports for NBC, and they outbid CBS for the rights to show the NBA games. I think uh, CBS was out for them like five fifty. I think NBC went up to like $600 million. So, you know, CBS, yo, that's too rich for my blood, and they were out. In so, 92,
1: $600 yes.
0: million. yeah. Six hundred million in ninety two. So talking about NBC, no, right? Yes, that was right so, after like Brandon Tartikoff died, wasn't it? What are you talking about, man? He was on Save by the Bell in like ninety three. Didn't he die like a few years later? I, I would ask you to look it up, but I know you won't. So, anywho, <laughs> so moving right along. So you know Dick Ebersol, he's an Emmy award winning TV guy. He's all about the story. And again, this is the way that the story was was relayed to me. I I wasn't there, so I don't know. But the way that the story was relayed to me is that Dick Ebersaw, when he bought the rights to the NBA, went to David Cern, the commissioner, RIP, and Rod Thorne, who at the time was the head of uh, the VP of basketball operations, and he told them, What do we have to do in order to get Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan versus each other in the NBA Finals? And if you guys recall, around that time, they made a couple of rule changes in the league. Number one, uh, they instituted the flagrant foul because, you know, the Pistons just beat the holy hell out of Mike and those guys. They instituted a flagrant foul, which means if you went over the line with a foul, not only would the team get two shots from the foul line, but they would also get the ball back in return. Plus, they also made it legal for Jordan and just guys in general to be able to move people with their hands when they had the ball. You'll think back to the famous shot with Brian Russell. But anyway, again, moving right along, he was fascinated by – he wanted to turn Jordan into the protagonist of the league, and he was fascinated by the Pistons-Bulls thing, and he saw that that was the hurdle that Michael needed to get over to get over the hump. So when that series goes down and the Pistons were fading – they swept him and Ebersaw was pissed that Isaiah and the rest of the team walked off the court and they didn't get that moment with the guys shaking hands and being like, you know, good game. You vanquished us now bigger on the bigger and better things. And this is around the time when they started to put together the dream team type thing. Cause that was also an Ebersol call as well. Cause NBC, you know, they have the rights to the Olympics to this day. So that was also his call as well to bring pros into the Olympics so, that was his call. That was an Ebersaw call. And again, this is how I heard it. He didn't want Isaiah part of that team because of that particular incident. And Stern was kind of like, yeah, but Rod Thorn backed up Ebersaw on that call as well. So, yeah, the reason that Isaiah wasn't on that team, again, the way the story was relayed to me, it was a Dick Ebersaw call. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. That's what I've heard from a, a few different sources. Obviously, I wasn't there, but that's what I've heard.
1: I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, the The... Prevailing theory was always Jordan didn't want him on the team. And that's true. But Jordan didn't stop him from being on the team. I, 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 don't, I never believed that per se. Because the one thing I know about Michael Jordan is, can I win? I right, cool. That's all he cared about. So if him and Isaiah could have, if Isaiah would have helped him win, he wouldn't have cared. Um, the only thing, and this is no diss to Isaiah. I'm not disagreeing with you at your point at all. But... That chemistry would have been so bad if Isaiah was on that team because none of them liked Isaiah. For whatever reason, whether it's earned or not, just Isaiah at that time was almost kind of like, for lack of a better term, kryptonite. Like, him him and Magic, who were historically best friends that had beef at that point, you know Larry Bird hated the shit out of him. (laughs) Right? Him and Magic. I mean, him and Michael, like, there were so many major parts of that squad Isaiah just didn't rock with. So, and John Stockton fit the team better, honestly. Like, like, keep it a buck. For the team that they needed, they needed shooting, and they needed passing. Those weren't Isaiah's strong points. Isaiah's the second-best point guard ever, but those weren't his his strong points. Um, So, it both makes sense, and is a travesty in the same breath because he doesn't get to have that accolade and Christian Leitner does, no this to Leitner, but my God, right? He was the best college player ever at that point. But like he couldn't even beat Larry Bird with half broken back one on one at the time. Like he just he just wasn't ready. You know what I mean? So um I to, Go ahead. But I, I
0: apologize, brother, but I mean, to be fair, like hindsight's always the best vision. Shaq should have been on that team. But like you said, Christian Leitner was the best player on the best team
1: and he earned it. Yeah, he, he, started, he earned, started, earned he started, it. Started, yeah, from, from a resume standpoint, Christian Leitner had earned it. Yeah, three Final and, Fours. Uh, most most outstanding player for like three years.
2: If your yeah. criteria was to take one college player, that was the it was a no. If, if that was it, it, and they said okay, we're taking eleven NBA players, and we're still going to take one college player, it's a, it's not even a question, not no, even a question. Absolutely. At that time, at that time in history, not even a question. If that's what Great. it was,
0: now and people didn't like him, so he kind of gets uh, underrated. But college Christian Laettner was a problem.
1: He oh was a huge problem. Yes. And, and he, might, might be Dirk before Dirk with a better inside game.
0: Yeah. And he had a little edge to him and a little swag to him. And, and I mean, shout out to later because he also went on to have a, an admirable and respectable pro career. He probably played what 16, 17 years. I mean, he wasn't ever an all-star or, or the best team or the best player on a great team, but he had a respectable professional career.
1: What hurts guys like Leitner and guys like Danny Manning is that they were so dominant in college that to be average in the league hurt. The, it hurt their perception because those, two, I'm, those two guys in particular, I'm sure there's more that I, I, that's, I'm i missing. Those two guys in particular br- were breaking records, right? And were doing things that we had never seen in college in this generation. And then they come to the league and they're, 12 and eight guys.
2: They both did things that people can only attempt to match, not surpass the entire career of Christian Leitner being one thing. And the other thing being Danny Manning, the year Kansas won the championship, it was Danny Manning and basically the three of us. And then the homeless guy down the street, Kansas Real. was not really good. And, and if any of those people from Kansas that are rock truck, Jayhawk fans, or that were on that team, at PC Tunney, find me. Okay. Sure. Now let's get back to. I,
0: and let's to get, be, oh, go ahead. My oh, bad, ahead. bro. I, I just gotta just to be fair to Danny Manning, man, he was a damn good professional player, but the injuries yeah. got the best of him. Yeah. You know okay. that. That's all. That's that's okay. I just want to throw that footnote out there. That's all. Just for historical accuracy. That's all.
2: Let me close the Isaiah thing out with. <clears throat> I I'll take a little bit from what you said, Platt. I'll take a little bit more from what Ray said, and put them all together. And what percentage of blame does Jordan share in this? None really to me. He, he wasn't, he wasn't going to not play, right? Jordan, Pippin, Bird, Magic. The people putting the team together knew that they wanted those four people on the team. Those four people didn't like Isaiah Thomas. That's a third of the team. Do you really want to travel across the sea for two weeks, and have a quarter of your team, a third of your team, pissed off the whole fucking time. One of them, who we know, is going to become the greatest player of all time. And to me, I think overall, I, the person to blame for Isaiah not being on the Dream Team
1: is don't Isaiah do Thomas. Don't do it, don't it, do it.
2: It's Isaiah Thomas.
0: All right, Dr. Brett, Drew. Drew Brett. All Isaiah, right, thanks a lot, Isaiah.
1: Dr.
2: You can put an S in front of the hitman, and that just tells you my opinion of Bret Hart.
0: You need to chill out with the broken skull, IPA, sir.
2: Shout out to my boy. Got a reply on Twitter. Woo-hoo.
0: What else we got going on, man? Yeah, because we, I, I could spend the next hour talking about that whole drinking no, scenario. Fine. But you guys are right. This is perfect.
2: We can just transition right into the other half of talking about the dream team and the fact that Scotty and Mike are over in Barcelona, and their main goal is to put Tony Kukoc in his fucking place because Last. they faced, they face Croatia in in the uh, round the robin. robin, and yeah. they also face them in the final. And Croatia was clearly the second best team out there.
1: But add the context. Jerry Krause had left the team to go scout Tony years before, like in 1990, I think he was drafted, right? And remember, this is about the time that Pippen got that dumbass, ridiculous seven-year, $14 deal. So, like... <laughs> seven years, $18 million. <laughs> oh, seven so years, $14, and a pack of ramen noodles. <laughs> That's eighteen million dollars, fourteen dollars in of was a, ramen noodles. It about to say it was a case. It was a case of ramen noodles. <laughs> oh, there you go. there you go. And you know what? Because Jordan signed the Gatorade, we'll give you some of that too. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So so it, that was personal for those two guys. You know, jo- all you if if you beat Jordan and Tic Tac Toe, he had something that he could use for some motivation. But for Scotty, that was real because they played the same position, right? Pippin would. I mean, uh, Ended up being more of a traditional four by the time he really got going. But he was a, a hybrid three four at the time because he got handles. He was a point forward in the same vein that Scotty Pippen, who created the position, was at the time. So, like, that's really offensive to me. If this, this, you, it's not just that you drafted him or that you want to help the team. You're taking attention and time away from us, and we're winning titles. To go and court this dude who won't be here for years he's that important to you we're gonna show you we can't we can't touch you we can't play you we can't do nothing to you but make jokes so we're gonna humble your ass by going out here and showing he ain't shit and boy god bless Tony Kukoc or Kukak. Kukach Kukoc, <laughs> Kukoc. 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 Who ended up ended up being a damn good NBA
0: player and was a very integral part to that second three P. But yeah, at the time, I understand where they were coming from. And they gave that man holy hell and God bless that man. And they touched on it a little bit in the uh, documentary how when you know the gold medal game came around and they they played again. He came to play like he wasn't no hoe. He showed he wasn't no hoe because I remember that game, like that game, like the dream team was actually losing that game. And I believe that it was the first time during the game or during the whole Olympics that Chuck Daly actually called a timeout. So, yeah, they, they came back to play, obviously, it ended up being a blowout, yada, yada, yada. But Kukos came over and he acquitted himself well and he was a damn good player. And I'm pretty sure they're going to get to that later on when we sure. talk about Jordan's uh uh, uh, hiatus, Second, in quotation yeah. marks is hiatus and the whole, you know, Scotty sitting out and cool in the game and all that, I'm sure we, we haven't heard the end of that story
1: I, I I can't remember which journalist it was, I want to say it was Will Bond, but when he's his, his, his kind of synopsis on the situation was so pointed to me, he was like, this is a dude who grew up in a country with war and poverty and famine you think he gonna trip over having a bad basketball game? Like, he's not soft by any stretch of the imagination. And he showed his medal in that gold medal game.
2: I want to add to this, but I think you guys have said everything that I could possibly say about it. I want to talk about the transition into Jordan having to wear the Reebok outfit for the gold medal ceremony. And they show a clip of him in the car. And he's like, I can't remember the guy's name, who it was, and he's like, blah, 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 what a dick or something like that or or something like that. And they're like, who? And he's like, basically the guy who's making us wear this, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, this motherfucker's got something coming. If he thinks he's <laughs> going to tell me what to wear. And sure enough, them guys who didn't want that Reebok logo to be seen, they draped the American flag over it. And what are you going to say about that? How can you
1: be mad at the dude that wears the flag? It's How can you touch. be mad at that guy? Yeah, you can not be mad at that guy. On the gold medal stand? And um, when he Michael a, Jordan. A better for his country well and that too and I'm um, yeah. Michael Jordan could have came out there without he could have came out there J.R. Smith style with no shirt, and nobody was saying that. so you're I, right.
2: I heard that there was uh, <laughs> several safety pins on on many of the players to keep that all in place to be honest with you that's that's i
1: that's what I heard. I love the clip of Jordan walking with the uh with his medal and the flowers and the the uh flag and he looks at the, he looks at the camera he's like ha ha. <laughs> That's got, got him <laughs> exactly got him and I mean uh, you know I might be speaking out
0: of school here but at least from my experience Jordan was really the first athlete and I'm sure we're going to talk about this momentarily even though I don't want to but Jordan was really the first athlete that transcended sports and actually became a brand not transcended sports in terms of you know whatever else but it wasn't just jordan it became about the jordan brand it was be like mike
1: sometimes i feel he is me dog you know what i'm i'm not the biggest jordan fan historically i mean coming you know i grew up a sons fan and born in houston so like he didn't really do nothing for me other than the fact that the shoes were dope but dog that's the dopest commercial you could ever think the only other commercial that's more dope to me Is maybe uh, the Kobe and LeBron puppets commercials, but that be like Mike? Like, that's. I want to be like Mike, and subsequently, Space Jam's um, By the Rapist. What's the song? I'll Be Black and Fly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, those are the two greatest endorsements <laughs> of a guy. You can <laughs> think of Think about the History the next about...
2: to ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. <laughs> I'm a- rolling, that body got everywhere in your mission. Oh, that red no, cash didn't no. mention him, but he did anyway. So let's keep rolling with the show. That's just how we play. Hey.
1: Bounce, 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 bounce. Bounce, 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 bounce. When he says bounce, (laughs) bounce, he's talking about the girl, the teenager playing double dutch. Anyway, I I, uh, I thought uh,
0: ball pit in McDonald's.
2: (laughs) So speaking of uh, basketball player commercials that I liked back in the day, (laughs) how about Magic Johnson and Larry Bird for the Big Mac? And how about uh, how about Lil Penny? That's Tara Banks,
1: Yeah. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Chris Rock, so, shout out. Chris Rock, yeah. Rock owes yeah. a lot to Penny Hardaway for getting on. Because, like, everybody knew his voice before he was famous.
0: Yeah. So, hey, and we, cool. we got to give a shout out to Grandma Ma as well, Larry Johnson and Converse.
1: They they had a nice run. They, they were an an nice act- commercials, but they didn't sell like they should have. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. He wore a dress, right, and dunked on the guy in the playground? Yeah. Not just the dress, he wore the full grandma garb, had the That's wig right, yeah. and the glasses and everything. And way he before way before Uncle grandma. Drew. Yeah. He was i
2: How come how come in the how come Larry Johnson didn't show up as grandma in that movie?
1: Because Larry Johnson probably can barely can barely walk. <laughs> the same- oh,
0: he could have been the real grandma then. <laughs> That's because Larry Johnson now probably walks like actual grandmama. Oh <laughs> man. What? Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> wow! All right, guys.
2: Any other thoughts on the whole be like Mike thing? I know that is everything blew up with him, and I know we've hit on a lot of that stuff already. Before we get into uh, a few of the last things we got to talk about here,
1: you just gonna act like act like my life ain't important. A few of the last things, like the most important <laughs> thing of the night.
2: <laughs> well, we're getting. I mean, that's the last thing. That's the most important thing. Okay, I just want to make sure that that
1: you understand oh. that, that the, the level of importance on that on this finals. There's a difference what?
2: between the last thing and a few of the last things.
1: Well, oh. I mean, so you so you're saying that this is my WrestleMania main event, and I'm not CM Punk? <laughs>
2: well, you're in the main event, but you're going first.
1: That's cool. <laughs> no, <But> look, <laughs> I'm, I'm in that thing. I don't care. No, I meant I mean,
2: we're just going to call the show opener the main event. To oh. be
0: fair we we did talk about Isaiah on the dream team that's kind of the main event of the wow. festivities
1: for you so there's sure. that yeah <laughs> for, for, the, for for the midwestern ohio kid absolutely <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's get into something a little bit controversial and something that people have brought up as something that Jordan should have taken more of a stance on. And I have no opinion on this whatsoever. I don't expect anybody to step into any kind of limelight they don't want to or get any beef they don't want to get because things can be controversial and other people feel like you should step up. And I'm not stepping into the conversation, but they brought up the point that Michael Jordan would not endorse uh, a black candidate running in North Carolina in 1990, and his response to that was Republicans buy shoes too. So I would be remiss if I didn't bring up this part of the show, and
0: have your guys' thoughts. Ray, by by all means, please. Or do you okay. want to do uh, paper rock scissors? Unless you guys go don't go want first. to talk
1: about it. <laughs> I'll go first because I'm sure you you'll either have something really controversial, or really poignant. No middle ground either. So, or. so you know Chris. And, and, so and, you know. So you do know Chris. I know. I know <laughs> my brother very well. Um, <laughs> and so this is what I want to <laughs> say. This and I, I. So I know this is this is going to be uh, kind of a shock to a lot of you. But being black is hard, right? Being black with money is hard, right? So. I am not a person who believes that just because you have money or you have a level of notoriety, you are beholden to do something socially. I don't think that's fair because everybody doesn't have it in them. Um, I don't have any beef with Jordan not publicly supporting him. And I don't even really mind the, the comment that he said because if he's telling the truth, it was said in jest that became something that it was never, he never said that to a reporter in response to, well, I'm not gonna support him because I'm gonna support the other guys by my shoes too. No, he was talking with his boys, like, well, you know, everybody by my shoes, I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> I do acknowledge that to his core, well, at the time, his core base, because his core base changed dramatically as the years go by. knows I'm talking about, and I'm pretty sure you know too. Of course, too- of course. We talked the- about it earlier. Yeah. At the time, though, his core base, I can acknowledge very readily and very happily that there is always going to be a level of love and adoration that he'll never get because he wasn't prepared or he wasn't adept enough to make the stances that the society deemed necessary. Now, for all we know, Jordan could have been back then and maybe now a staunch Republican and rocked with Jesse Hells. I don't know. That's none of my business. That's all his business. All I know is in the same breath that it's unfair for us as people to look at people and say, just because you got money and you're on TV, you gotta do this for us? As in the same breath as it's really unfair for us to do that and expect things from people we've never met or don't know anything about, it's also understandable for us to want somebody to stand up for us when we can't stand up for ourselves on that level. And Jordan fell in the middle because he said very poignantly, I don't care about anything else but basketball. Don't talk to me about politics. I don't care. All I ever want to do is be a basketball player and be the best at that. He came up in, he came up differently than a guy like Muhammad Ali who cared about this stuff, but then in a way was forced to care about it more. He came up in an era different than Jim Brown and then Kareem Abdul Jabbar and those guys. And then consequently came up differently in an era than the guys like LeBron and D. Wade and C P three, who in the same kind of in the same way, drastically different, were forced to care about it again. He was in a situation where Economically, the country was great. His career was great. He had everything he wanted because he was successful in the only thing that mattered to him. There was no reason in his mind to make a stance on something that one he wasn't probably wasn't uh, knowledgeable enough about, and two was not something he even cared about involving himself in so. I understand where he came from, and I don't fault him for what he's doing, but I want him to understand that for a lot of folk in the hood, for a lot of his disenfranchised African-Americans or minorities out there who grew up idolizing him as a basketball player, understand that love might stop at his talent. And it's because he earned that distinction.
0: number one, let me say, you said that very well, sir, so let me give you your props for that Um, Ray, PC I'm not gonna lie, man, I've been dreading this topic all day I I really have because I didn't really know how to verbalize what I want to say and I knew that it was going to come up because it was such an integral part of the docuseries last night and I knew we had to say something, so I'm I've been thinking about it, and I'm, I'm just going to go off stream of consciousness here. I don't have a prepared statement or anything. I'm just going to go off stream of consciousness, and I'm, I promise I'm going to try to not keep us here all night. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it
1: as sickly as I possibly can. Remember, NXT comes on Wednesday. Just maybe just be done by then. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Look at <it's> Tony.
0: <funny. laughs> so, uh, thank you.
2: So I thought, you were uh, pre- why- I thought I thought you didn't prepare anything.
0: I, I did.
1: Um, What's this? this is what is that? God. What are you doing
2: over there with this? Then <laughs>
1: yeah. and, and why does so why does of the paper in your hand as long as the thousand and four <laughs> old promo Jericho cut in WCW?
0: This is the big show. sheet. There- there is a camera somewhere that will see me double-fisted. I've got a right claw in my left hand. I've got a turn-up red cup in my right hand. And
1: people will know I fist. have nothing to do with that cheat. Yes. You've got a composition notebook <laughs> in your left and an iPad in your right.
2: I wouldn't be double-fisting <laughs> anybody with a claw.
1: Ah, ah, that's even better.
0: That sorry, sounds man. Horrible. Sorry, man. No, good, man, I, I I like that. That that was fair. So Baracko Barack Obama, Barack Obama, said something very poignant in uh, this episode, in episode five, I believe it was, and he talked about how, as a black person in America, when once you reach a certain level, there is an unspoken rule, like you know it's there but it's unsaid, that you can only really say so much and I respected him for saying that because it was honest like I said I, I literally feel like that was the realest thing I've ever heard Obama say as a politician that was real and I respected it so you know how how does that relate to the Michael Jordan thing I respect Michael Jordan coming out and making the statement I'm not a politician now where I, I kind of differ from him when he said well I I didn't know enough about the issues well that's bullshit because I knew Jesse Helms was a piece of shit. I'm assuming he was because I think he's dead now. But I knew he was a yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. 2008. So if I knew he was a piece of shit, you knew he was a piece of shit. And I had the same critique of LeBron when they asked him about the Tamir Wright situation in Cleveland. And he said, well, I don't know enough about the issue. No, you do. You're deflecting. But I understand why. I get why. That's the thing. Like, I understand why. And you know, looking back just doubling back a little bit, man. You, you you talked, Ray, about the Muhammad Ali's and the Jim Brown's and the Bill Russell's and the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's. Like, number one, these were men's men. And they were intelligent and informed enough to be able to articulate their position well enough where it would, where it, it made sense. And you can understand where they were coming from. And I think, like, O.J. Simpson was kind of the catalyst of when they went to him with this and he said, well, I'm not black, I'm OJ. I feel like he was kind of the catalyst of go along to get along, put your head down, don't do anything to fuck your money up. And there's a a direct line that you can draw between OJ Simpson and Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looking back on this from the lens of 2020, it's kind of bittersweet for me because I feel as if at this particular point in time Those guys that I mentioned earlier, man, it took a certain level of courage and bravery to stick their necks out and really say some real shit when real shit needed to be said. Like, it took courage. Nowadays, with Agent Orange in the White House, and he's an easy target, to be fair. I'm not trying to get too political, but he's an easy target. It's a lot easier to step up and say some things. And I think to the point where I feel as if Civil rights, or social justice, or, or consciousness, or activism, actually becomes part of your brand. Yeah, it, to 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 the point that it's been watered down. Like it's easy to say something now and. It's part of the brand now, so I don't think it holds the same weight in 2020 that it did back in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s. I think not to say that these guys aren't coming from a righteous place, but again, it's part of the brand because for so long nobody said nothing because they didn't want to mess up the bag, and now the bag gets enhanced if you say the right thing to the certain group. So it's 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 a little watered down. It's kind of like when Kanye West first hit on the scene and everybody started rapping. Introspective conscious raps that became the thing to do, it's very similar to that, you know. What I mean, no disrespect to anybody, but it's very similar to that. So, looking back at Jordan 20 years ago from the lens of 2020, yeah, maybe if he was here and now where that type of thing was socially acceptable and it forwards your brand, as I spill my white claw, he might have stepped up and said something, but at the same time, in that particular era back then. I'm not going to be mad at him for not trying to stick his neck out. And another thing that I I have an issue with is that how, especially, I'm I'm talking to my people here, man. We look at these athletes and these entertainers as if they're our leaders. I don't like that shit. I mean, everybody's not Dick Gregory. And there's a reason that Dick Gregory was Dick Gregory and RIP to him. And that's why he's held in such high esteem. But everybody's not like that. And when the revolution actually does come, the jive-ass entertainers and the athletes, they're going to be the last to get on board because they theoretically have the most to lose. So i he made a decision, and it's a decision that none of us can really understand because none of us have ever been Michael Jordan. So my, I, while I wish he would have said something and and spoke out because I think his voice did have magnitude and had purpose and had meaning, I can't judge him for not saying something uh, you know, especially at that particular time when he just saw his 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 teammate Craig Hodges get blackballed for going to the White House in the most benign of ways. All he did was go to the White House, rocketed dashiki, and gave President Bush a letter. Hey, maybe do something for black people. Most benign of ways, and he gets blackballed out the league. Plus, you also have to remember that Michael Jordan, Phil Knight, David Stern—they were business partners, mm-hmm. and they. Concocted a plan to put the NBA where it is right now, and quite frankly, that wasn't what was best for business. And I, I hope anything I said made some sort of sense, like sure. I
1: at all. All <laughs> it made sense to me because I, I feel like you're saying a lot of the same things I said. And uh, I just want to add one thing too for those listening, just to make the distinction. The guys in the 50s and the 60s in that that time who stood up almost were beholden to stand up because they were fighting for their livelihoods, literally, right? The guys in this time and age almost have to stand up for what they want to stand up for because it's almost expected of them as an athlete or a, a celebrity, as you put so eloquently, because it starts messing with your money if you don't. 1992? Country was fine. Wasn't nothing really going on too crazy. Money was good. Economy was good. What what did Jordan have to gain more than he had to lose? By saying that. I know it's a very selfish statement, but it's a very true statement. Because, and I'm, I, I know we've, we've gone over, PC my bad, but... Uh, I know it's a very selfish statement, but ultimately all we do as people is look out for our best interests at the end of the day. So just think about that. And
0: I look at look at somebody like like my, my, I apologize, Tony. I'm gonna just say this and I'm gonna get out the way. But look at somebody like a prince. You know, Prince wasn't out there very outspoken and, and you know, talking about the issues and this and that. And it didn't come out till he passed just how much work he did in terms of activism and the causes that he represented and the causes that he funded and, and gave money to and this and that. I feel like nowadays, that's really how you got to do it, man. You got to do it kind of like that because I'm, I'm going to say this, man, and then I'm going to pass it to Tony. This is the controversial part that Ray was talking about. Most black people haven't experienced real racism. Like, real racism is not the N-word or the clan or hoses or nothing like that. That's bigotry. But you get out here and try to make some real moves, because racism is about power. So you get out here and try to make some real moves, and you bump up against that black ceiling, and they're gonna smack your ass right back the fuck down. That's what real racism is. Like, point blank, period. That's what this really is. It's about power. And you got to maneuver differently and yet bad boys move in silence and you, 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 you can't be out there on the front lines talking all that shit because it makes yourself a target. And at this point, man, we're in a position where verbal masturbation is the cachet of the day. And ultimately it don't mean shit. You know, I, I I don't know if you know this name, Tony, but like, uh, for example, like, uh, I know Ray know this name, a Dr. Umar Johnson, like as far as spit, it ain't too many people on the face of the planet that can cut a pr- promo like, like Dr. Umar Johnson, but the man is full of shit. You know, you know what I mean. So uh, he,
1: you know, he what the best battle rapper so in the game. He the best battle rapper in the game.
0: Yeah. But I mean, so words only go so far, man. So you got to put yourself in a position where you can make moves and and, and figure out a way, you got to be practical with it and figure out a way to best influence. And I don't know what Jordan did behind the scenes. And uh, at that time, yes, his voice could have meant something and it would have meant something if he would have come out. But at the same time, I am not Michael Jordan. And I have never been in Michael Jordan's position. And it's kind of like when keeping it real goes wrong. It's easy to criticize a motherfucker when you ain't got two nickels to rub together. But when you got... A whole infrastructure depending on you and you're feeding people, you got to move different. When you feed people and people are literally eating off you, you got to move a little different. So I, I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the whole thing, and I don't even know if any of the words I've said have made any sense. Cause I'm again I'm just rambling off stream of consciousness. So uh I don't I don't know, man. We we can we can move on. <laughs> Listen,
2: from <clears throat> from a so called well, from it to a lack of a better words an outsider's perspective like i have no real idea of the the problem with what we have in our country for a long period of time from my perspective right but listening to you guys i take away two 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 big things one jordan just wasn't built like that i feel like he he, he cared more about beating somebody at something at all fucking times, right? And and he just latched on to basketball and I think the other thing is like listening to you guys, like maybe he didn't experience the disrespect that the that other people of his culture did as much. Not that he didn't at all, but maybe he was
1: less not to not to say that any at all is good but sure 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 it it didn't it didn't it didn't formulate in his mind to drive him to do something about it i'll give you saying
2: if someone is is racist and against against the against someone that's black and and that person walks by a regular joe he's going to experience the full-on onslaught of somebody being racist against them who's being racist but it feels like jordan wasn't so, some people are colorless, right? You know what I mean?
0: Does that make sense? No, you're, you're right. He transcended race. And I think uh, uh, we talked about Spike Lee earlier, do the right thing. He, there there was a scene in that movie, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there was a scene in that movie where the Spike Lee character, Mookie, he was working at this Italian pizza shop and the uh, one of the sons of the shop owner, he was clearly racist. And they had a conversation in the back. He said, well, you have Magic Johnson on your wall. You're wearing Michael Jordan sneakers. And he said, and and the guy said, and it was so poignant, well, they're not really black. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there does come a point in time where, you know, for better or worse, you you know, there's certain guys and certain people, and women as well, that transcend race. So, yeah, you're not speaking out of school when you say what you say, Tony, because that's the perception.
2: I think this is the most important thing we've talked about tonight, so I don't want to cut this part of our conversation short. If there's anything else you guys have to say before we move on, I would I would more than encourage it.
0: Well, let me tell you something. No, right. <laughs> well, I feel like I came across like an asshole, so yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this topic.
1: You know what? You know what, Platt? And I will tell you, I back when we used to host the Cheshire Radio podcast, mm-hmm. uh, that that was my that was my radio voice. Um, but I used, I I tell you, I, used to, I used to tell you this all the time truth don't come out nice yeah you say something that's real it's not gonna come out in the way all, Not all the time that's gonna be that's gonna make people feel good and giggly inside it's, it's just not all right before we get unless to the- last you're talking about how oh good- boy here oh. we go
2: Jesus Man, here we go at least they ain't wearing the purple we shoes go. let's pay some more bills quick
1: promotional consideration paid for by the following
0: why should you visit the chairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
2: Alright, guys. I am gonna save the talking about Jordan's gambling till next episode because. We're all going to speculate on why Jordan left basketball, and I feel like that's yeah. going to come up in that conversation. So we'll table that till next week, and we're going to finish with the basketball. As a precursor to getting to the main event, Mr. Ray Cash, I want you guys briefly to talk about Jordan and the Bulls against Ewing and the Knicks, because Jordan and Ewing have a longstanding rivalry that
1: ended up culminating... In that, all along that first three P. You know something that I forgot in the Annals of Time? The Annals of Time?
0: Hey, ew. <laughs> I feel
1: like that. Bend over and pull it out. Let's hear it. Uh, wow. You said the Annals. Sorry. Oh, right. You're oh, right. That's nice. Um, no, I forgot that Jordan beat Patrick Ewing's Georgetown team when he won the championship. So, like, wow. That goes a ways. Uh I feel like Jordan, I feel like Jordan and Patrick Ewing are like Peter Griffin and the big chicken. And like it's <laughs> on site. And he and I don't it's in a different way than him and Isaiah, because him and Isaiah had real life disdain for each other. But like, but like both of them achieved greatness. You know what I'm saying? Like Isaiah got to the mountaintop. And he had to beat Jordan to get to the mountaintop. Pat Ewing His entire career is defined by losing to Michael Jordan. So, you know, and then the the one year Jordan leaves, (laughs) he loses to the guy that was drafted before Jordan. It's just hilarious. Um, But nonetheless, those Knicks teams were not great in terms of talent. (laughs) They just beat the hell out of you. but They were a tremendous team. They rocked with each other as a unit. They worked with each other amazingly well. Um, and, and, and Pat Ewing, I think Pat Ewing may be, a lot of people will say Malone, but I think Pat, and, and you know what? Barkley got a, got a case in the conversation, especially given the year he had in 93. But in terms of the best overall player that didn't get a title because of Jordan, f- for lack of a better term, Pat Ewing might be the best. Because, like, you can't tell me some of those Knicks teams wouldn't have been to multiple finals if it wasn't for Mike. You know what I mean? So, God, I I just know Patrick Owen wakes up and he's like, damn it, Jordan, and goes back to sleep. I just know he does. He has nightmares about Mike. Like, I know he does. He, there's no way he can't.
0: So I'm going to use a different cartoon analogy to compare Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan. And I'm going to go Roadrunner and Coyote. Because regardless of what the Coyote did, the Roadrunner always got the best of them. And I, I feel bad for Pat. And, you know, I've seen Oakley who, you know, he, him and Jordan are best friends. He's come out recently since, you know, this whole thing has been resurrected with the documentary, talking about how Ewing was the reason that they didn't get over the hump, because basically in essence, he didn't have that dog in him. Mm-hmm. And, that I mean, that that's a fair assessment, but sports are weird, man. Like, sports are really weird. Like, people say things like, well, the reason David Robinson couldn't get over the hump until Duncan got there is because he was too nice of a guy. Like, He's too nice of a guy, like so we're 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 penalizing people for being decent human beings and i I know this is a celebration of Jordan, but we all know Jordan was a goddamn sociopath, and it's weird how to equate winning to somehow winning is a virtue, you know what I mean, regardless of how you win like winning equates to being a virtue and equates to being a good person and even you know the way that the narrative is crafted once you win that somehow means that you've matured as a person and now you're somehow a better person which I, I don't know if that's the case man it's just it's a it's an interesting theme to study and we've gone long as is so I don't know how deep we can get into that but that, that, that's just interesting to me
1: well, well, well to your point about the nice thing there aren't probably two nicer humans not basketball players, humans, than Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas. But they got dog in them like you've never seen. Like, my, Magic Johnson's the type of dude that will spend the night at Larry Bird's house. And then the next night, he tried to beat the hell out of him and break his neck. He's it's just, it's just, it's different. So that's what I think we mean when we're talking about nice. It's the same thing LeBron had to learn. LeBron was too nice. And on the in terms of, there is a level of, when you're a, when you're a star, a superstar, not like an all-star player or a, a role player, but when you are, when the team eats because you want it, right? When, when you're on the team, the team is considered a championship-level contender, but when you leave the team, they're fighting for the lottery, that type of superstar. When you're that guy, kind of guy, you have to have a certain level of tenacity that extends beyond... Just trying to win a game. You gotta wanna uh I got who who's who's who says it somebody that says it, but you gotta wanna wanna uh, no my boy Marshawn Lynch blow a motherfucker face out. You gotta be That's a killer. That's what you you got to want to do. And Bronn learned it. Some people born with it, right? We talk about how Colby been born with it since day one. Who's Everybody is born oh, with it. Oh you that.
0: mean oh you mean the little Lego boy. Oh my bad little Lego. Well, you
1: know it. <laughs> you know, no disrespect, I, but that's give, just give the bar. No disrespect. Not with us no yeah, more. But yeah, yeah. R. I. Uh, R. I. But no, RIP. One hundred percent. But so David Robinson never had that, right? Tim Duncan didn't talk. Tim Duncan didn't say a word, but he got that dog. Right, and Kevin Garnett talks all the time and got that dog. It's not. From the same cloth. You just gotta, it's just, you gotta, it's not even about being clutch. It's about wanting, it's about wanting something more, so much more than somebody else that you'll do whatever it takes that makes automatically your game raise to a level that you didn't know it could. Right. And Pat, you and I don't think had that. That's, and if anybody would know, it'd be Oak.
0: I, I can't wait, man, till we talk about the gambling thing next week, because I'm gonna expand about that a little bit, how, the media is so integral in shaping our perception of how we look at these guys. I I I I'm, I'm going to table that. That's called a tease in the industry, ladies and gentlemen. But we're going to table that for now.
1: And 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 the and the fable of a player named Slim. Yo!
2: It's coming. How
1: we forget about Slim? It's coming. Next
2: week we get it next week. You won't forget about Slim Boulder next week. Trust me. <laughs> Working
1: on a little. I don't think I'll ever some, forget about step I'm working on some curls myself. All right, here we go. I see you. I see you. You're gonna get, get you going to get you a couple of little, little hang time in the back with, with your cornrows. You'll be good.
2: No, no, I like to let it go like this. So when I put the baseball cap on in the summer, the, the, the locks just flow out the bottom.
0: Yeah, all okay. I saw was that horseshoe in the uh, middle of your skull, <laughs> which I, I have the same problem going on. So real, recognize real.
2: So folks, <laughs> tune into Potter's World. So this week, Thursday, where I'll be myself,
1: Andrew Belaz, and Ray Cash. <laughs> <laughs> hey, got, hey, you got you. You have to keep a certain level of melanin in the show. Sorry. <laughs> uh.
2: Listen, I wasn't worried about that. I was just trying to get rid of putt. Anyway, let's just keep it going here.
0: War melanin, but okay, Oh, on. man. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I can't even. That is war with war melanin. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what Mike, Mike, <laughs> you know, Mike and Mike used to say for years, we're back and better than ever. Potty four, back with more melanin.
2: <laughs> you know, crazy. I ain't helping. So, anyway, let's just. There it is. That's good shit.
0: God, oh, that's such
2: good shit. Now, we ended episode six with one of the most infamous matchups in fi- NBA Finals history. You got the Charles Barkley led Phoenix Suns against the Chicago Bulls. And I'm going to move forward to a point from this morning on Get Up, where Mike Greenberg had Charles Barkley on and talked to him and said, much like Michael Jordan said that game one against the Lakers in that first finals was too big for them, but they recovered and won the next four, Charles said game one for us was too big for our team, and and I blame myself. Because the Bulls went in – give, give the Suns credit for taking it six because the Bulls went in
0: – And
1: and won the first two games. So
0: I'ma say I'ma say this and I'm gonna get out the way because this is literally the reason, one of the reasons, the main reason that we had my brother Ray Cash on the show, because he he's a Phoenix Suns fan. Yes, they do exist, ladies and gentlemen.
1: There's this Cleveland.
0: Yes. I don't understand what that has to do with the price of rice in China, but okay, cool. So there was a uh Charles Barkley a few years ago was on the Bill Simmons podcast and he relayed this story and he's talking about this series and specifically game one. And he says that his daughter called him crying because they lost game one. And he's trying to reassure his daughter, as any man would do. He says, baby, your dad is the best basketball player on the planet. We're going to win game two and we're going to win this series. So fast forward to game two. I think Bar- Barkley balled his ass off. I think Barkley might have had like 42 that game. But Jordan Mike, had 55. But Jordan had, yeah, so that's what it was. Barkley <laughs> had 45, and Jordan had 55. Yeah. <laughs> so, is, you know, he's talking to his daughter again, and she's crying again. She says, Daddy, I thought you were, I thought you said you were the best in the world. He said, you know what, baby? I, I think Jordan might be a little bit better. <laughs>
1: Um,
2: but they did flip so, the script.
0: They did flip the script when
2: they
1: went back. Phil Jackson said it was the most roller coaster series he'd ever been in. Well, see, so that's that's why I think a lot of people will say that that '98 Utah series or either one of them because those Utah series nope. were pretty decent. No, nope. but the '93 series of the six were the was the best I think to me by far, um, because the teams matched up well, um, and a lot of people will argue that. I know the 72-win team in 96 was a different beast, right? But that nine that that first that those first three championship teams in Chicago had such a synergy and they were built so well from top to bottom. And they had just I think they were built truly for the triangle that Phil wanted to run, right? And shout out to Tex Winner, rest in peace, Tex winner. Um but it 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 goes to that this was the bull, the bull, the bulls lived in the finals by this point, right? So if I were to come to your house, PC, for the first time, I've never been there. So it's going to be a little uncomfortable for me, for me to just feel like I can do anything because I don't know your house. Where's the bathroom at? Where's the kitchen? Can I open your fridge without being shot? Like, I don't know these things. Well, Not literally. me, I'm
0: walking I'm walking in that motherfucker, I'm taking a piss in the living room I'm going to the kitchen, grabbing in me In the living room, drawer, what? I'm chilling. The, the bathroom dog. is
2: like right next to the living room You could have just went over there now we, gotta live, now we gotta smell this all night You're here, you you, you fucked
1: yourself too, buddy <laughs> so, so, now see that thought process is wonderful Because now, if I've been to PC's house Three, four, five times I kinda get it The family know me the, the cats or the dogs or the chickens or whatever's at the house, they all know me, and they're not going to want to attack me when I come in the house, and there's a level of comfort, right?
0: <laughs> PC so, surrounded by pussy, by the way, Ray.
2: Yeah, I got two cats they are usually <laughs> running up and down this chair, and when you mention them, they're nowhere to be fucking found.
1: <laughs> uh, right? right, right they're big break, and there they go. <laughs> um, the point being that it really took all of those guys a sec to really get comfortable in that stage against that team, right? We are talking about the third of a 3 P. So this is second nature to these guys. And I have never looked at Charles Barkley as the kind of guy who, can, who makes his teammates better on the court. He can be a rah-rah guy. He can be a leader, but he's never been that guy that because I'm on the court with him, I'm better. I've just never seen him in that way, even watching him my whole life because I was a Suns fan. And then I live in Houston, so the 94, 95 finals, I celebrated because my family was huge Rockets fans. So, you know, we got him right after that. So I've always – I've seen Barkley most of my adult, my uh formative years. He's never been that guy to me. Um, So – it was up to the others. And we lost the series before it started. I teased you guys by saying I had beef. Jerry Krause lost us that series because the fact that he liked Dan Marley and thought that Dan Marley was on par with Michael Jordan, why did that ever happen? Because from day one, from the moment, Dan Marley was... I know hindsight tells us that Dan Marley was just a, a, a three-point shooter, right? He was... a beast at that time right people considered him to be a two-way guy drop 19 and d up the other two guard right we had a squad kj missed a bunch of games that season but we had a nice squad richard dumas right Richard dumas just got there yeah
2: richard dumas was so athletic man i remember watching that guy going this guy's going to be amazing and he just Well, he couldn't put the pipe down.
0: He couldn't put the pipe down. That was his issue. He had substance abuse issues. Like, I'm being serious. I'm not even trying to be a dick. Like, Richard Dumas was a a tremendous athlete, super talented player, but he had some substance abuse issues, and ultimately that's what curtailed his career.
1: Yeah, but a lot of those late 80s, early 90s guys fell into that trap. Uh Yeah, but they were
0: functional cokeheads. Richard clearly wasn't functional.
1: Yeah,
2: much like the original Chicago Bulls that Jordan came on, you know, the traveling cocaine
1: circus. (laughs) I love that so much. Like,
0: Bernard King is a Hall of Famer, and he was a cokehead for the majority of his career, allegedly. Talk about the end of this
2: episode real quick before we come back to the, the, the rest of this series is they show Jordan and Harp and Pip drinking a beer after a game.
1: Right. It's and it's like, don't show this shit on TV. Right. Don't, and, Jor- don't and Jordan's,
2: Jordan's laughing. Like, if this is the worst thing, the public sees me as popping a fucking Miller light after a game. He goes, yeah, you wouldn't believe this shit to happen when I was a rookie. When I came in here, you guys kidding me? <laughs>
1: Good guy Jordan boys having orgies and coke parties, and he's in his room <laughs> to play. well i walked
2: in I walked in and in one part of the room were the lines, and the other part of the room was the weed and then the girls were over there.
1: Let me tell you what that reminds me of have you I, I'm no flathead. Have you seen straight out of Compton? Yes, remember the scene when Dre was in the room with his girl by himself, and then Old oh, dude knocks on the on the door where's Felicia? And he walks in the next room and like it's the biggest orgy you've ever seen. Yella is literally fucking a girl on a bed where there's like 15 guns underneath. i feel like, that's Jordan. Jordan walking in the next room, like, oh my gosh, guys, what there was are you a, doing?
2: There's a Dre song I would, I would, a lyric I would like to say, but part of it, uh, there's a word in it I can't say, so I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> Somebody here gonna fuck. Let's start it like that. How's that sound?
0: Right <laughs> point, it, sir. Words to live by. That that could have been my quote in my college yearbook, had we had a <laughs> book. yearbook. Anywho, Ray, I I I but yeah, I want you to expand a little bit, man, because I'm I'm gonna say this, man. I'm on record as saying I feel like this Suns team was the single best team that the Bulls played in their entire run, and I'm gonna say this: Who was better than them? I know you. You, you probably gonna say Utah. I got an answer for that though. But I'm a, I'm am I'm gonna throw it back to Ray real quick, and I will say this, man: The reason that y'all lost that series was that jersey you're wearing, because to quote Stephen A. Smith, Kevin Johnson showed up smaller than many me during the entire series. <laughs> okay. So,
1: so, so hold up, Stephen A. All right. Well done. Well I, done I, on your first take. Thank you. Ah, but, um, <laughs> um, and for the record, Stephen A, I know we're in, the, I know we're in quarantine, so you can't get your lineup. But your lineup was fucked up before the quarantine, so just know that. Well, um, no, uh, my lineup wasn't fucked. Not up. you. I'm talking to real Stephen A, not you. The That's real, the real Stephen A. Smith. Um, <laughs> Kevin Johnson missed a bunch of games that season due to injury. Like he only played like 40 games that season. So, he so should like, be fresh man. <laughs> Fresh, <laughs> yes. In shape, no. If, if you watch the '90s NBA basketball, the one thing you know about Kevin Johnson is that motherfucker stayed hurt all the time. Oh, bro, he was drafted by the Cavs. I know all about Kevin Johnson. That's fair. That's fair. The, the reason we don't talk about him in the same breath with the best point guards of that era is because he wasn't on the court. This is what it is. Why do you think we draft? Why do you think we went and got Jason Kidd from Dallas?
0: but when he was he kind of falls into that C-Web category man when shit got real he kind of got a little
1: bit of the limit booty
0: i'm not saying i'm just saying
1: okay that's fine but C-Web was the stars kj was always a number 2 kj was never never should have been the best player on the squad.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Because he was until Barkley got there. Because Chambers was starting to fall off. Which Tom Chambers was a dog. I don't think people respect Tom Chambers as much as old. they should. He got, he got old. old. He got old. Yeah, he was, but he was. He was
2: yeah, Tom Chambers was at his, at his best in Seattle.
1: Oh, when he when he dunked over a dude so high, he needed him in the jaw. Yeah, yeah, Duke a dunk. <laughs> he fuck has Tom Chambers. Fuck, he Phoenix, fuck though. Fuck Brent Barry. Give
0: me, give me Tom Chambers. What was the game that he was on? Was it um? I can't remember. It was a, a video game where Tom would just dunk on everybody. He'd do like a reverse jam on everybody. It was uh, it's,
1: it's, it's forward or backwards.
2: No, no. it was yeah. on One
1: yeah. Forward or backwards. I can not remember the game. Though. It
2: was it was Dunkin' Donuts
0: game and they had Tom Chambers on the front. No, Melon Farmer, it was an actual basketball game for like Sega Genesis or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. I don't know. That's Clearly, what my... nobody knows. So Oh, I you want me to look that I... up too? <laughs> yeah, right. You look something up. Okay, cool. But no, I yeah, but oh, he was whatever. KJ
2: played 49 games that year. I just looked that up. Marley
0: Marley was a really good he was a really good player. Uh Richard Dumas, we talked about him. They had sets of balos
1: on that team. He Dante, was still a young. He was a young boy. Danny, and Danny Ainge was an old boy, so yes.
0: Frank Johnson, I, I think Eddie Johnson was Eddie on the Eddie teams?
1: Johnson wasn't on the squad yet? No. Okay. Um, we had just drafted Oliver Miller,
0: the heaviest dude in NBA history. He ate himself out the league. He wasn't a bad player, but he ate himself out the league. He
1: had some skills. He had yeah. some skills. It's yeah. just you can't play basketball three hundred seventy-five pounds. I got mm-hmm. the
0: roster. You ready? Yeah. Danny Ainge,
2: Charles Barkley, Seth Zabalos, Tom Chambers, Richard Dumas, Frank Johnson, Kevin Johnson, Tim Kempton. I don't even know who that is. Uh, Dan Marley, Ollie Miller, Jared Mustaf. Kurt Rambis was on that team.
1: And Mark West. Mark West. Mark Mark West. West. I I knew there was a center that we forgot. Mark West, yeah, started, yeah. I Um, remember that. He used to play with that gold chain around his neck.
0: I remember that. (laughs)
1: And it. <laughs> shout shot to Kurt Rambis for uh, getting the balls together and handing people, uh, and handing Drink. people their drinks and, and, and towels. Um, first one off the bench to give you a high five at the timeout. I hey, want to talk. Hey. Go ahead. I was going to say Kurt Rambis, all-time teammate. That's all I was going to say.
2: Dude's got championships like Robert Ori. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about your coach. Let's talk about Paul Westphal because that guy – has a history, as a player, and I see you making that face. As a I'm s- Yeah. I'm, s- I'm and, sorry. And,
1: but do you, do you not think he was a good coach for that team? Was he a good coach for that team? Yeah, but Paul Westfall was never a winner as a coach to me. Right? Paul Westfall reminds me of a Doug Collins in that always had good situations but was never the right guy at the right time. But Paul Westfall could coach. Don't get me wrong, but Paul Westfall, Doug Collins, and what's my guy that uh, was pretty well uh, choked?
0: Uh, P.J. Carlissimo.
1: P.J. Carl- Those guys are great. We'll get you there. But when it's time to win, we out the door. Um, but I mean, he was better than Cotton Fitzsimmons, so I can't, I can't complain.
0: Shout out to Cotton Fitzsimmons. Just that and, name is
1: awesome. Right. When you hear that name, doesn't it make you want to hide underneath your bed so that you don't get lynched? Is Can I make I'm, that joke? Do we need to cut I'm, that out? Bro, I'm
0: probably going to sleep underneath my bed this evening just because you mentioned his name like Candyman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want him to come after me.
1: Where you at, boy? <laughs> Where you at, boy? <laughs> I, you know, uh, the, one, the one thing that's interesting to me, and I'd like to get you guys' opinion, because while... I was watching, and I remember... Because the first season I remember vividly is 94. I remember, like, that's when I, like, vividly remembered to the point where I was in it enough to have distinct memories of the entire year. So, like, right at that time, that 93-94 season is kind of when I started getting into, get into it enough to where, like, it is now. Um, but you guys were more... You guys were kind of more. You call us old; when, it's okay. No, no, no. We what went over mean? this. We went over this before.
2: When, when Phoenix won the title, or no, when Phoenix, when the, the Bulls beat Phoenix, Platt and I were twelve years old.
1: Yeah, there you go. I was five.
2: So, so yeah, that's a perfect transition because I've been saving this story, and I told Platt I had a story for the actual Game Six of this. So. Growing up, I spent a lot of time on the weekends over by my cousin's house, who was a year younger than me, and I he had an older brother, obviously also my cousin, who was three years older than me, and they had a giant backyard, and there were tons of kids in the neighborhood, so I was always happy to go over there and hang out, right? So it's, I believe this series culminated on a Sunday. It might have been a Saturday. Yeah. It was definitely no, it a weekend. Was,
0: no, it it was a Sunday. I remember it vividly. Yes, so sir. So there are
2: like legit a dozen neighborhood kids in the backyard and we're playing baseball. Right. And this game's already like going on, but I'm 12 and I've like, I've watched, but if I can go outside, I'm 12 and play baseball with the other kids. I'm going to go fucking play baseball or basketball or whatever the fuck it was. If I can go outside and do something instead of watching it at that point, I'm doing it. So we're out there and one of the kids and his brother is a lot is a year older than us. And his brother is like three or four years old, younger. And he's standing behind his brother when he's batting and his brother takes a practice swing backwards and almost knocks his younger brother's face off. My cousin swoops in and picks him up and runs with his brother and I'm right behind them as he's bleeding down the street. We have to run like six houses down, knock on the door, parents get him in the car. They're gone. Me and my cousin go back to his house. We're hanging out. Finally, they come back. Maybe this was before the game even started. They're back, and it's like halftime of the game, if I can remember correctly. And the older brother's like, he's okay. Nolan's okay. Nick was the older brother. There you go. And uh,
0: here goes the pussy.
2: He's like, come on over. He's okay. Stitches. Nothing's broken. Whatever. And we went over to their house and watched the end of this game. And that's how I'll we'll always remember the finish which was Jordan, to Pippen, to Grant, sorry, Ray, to Paxson, for three. And the Bulls were down four with about 40-some seconds. Jordan got a rebound and just went the length of the court in two seconds, and that totally turned the momentum of that game. They won the game by one point, 111-110. Yep. Yeah. It was the three that it was the three that Paxson hit, and there was no scoring
1: after that. If I remember, yeah, because it was like what four seconds left in the game, five seconds after that. No, yeah. did you notice? Um, did you notice on the other side of the court that on the weak side was it Jordan who failed and got or got pushed and was like sliding as Paxson hit the three? Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. Somebody, I no, I know that. It, well, Jordan was bringing the
2: ball up, and before he almost got to half court, he passed it to Pittman at the top of the key. Who gave it to Grant down on the left block almost baseline, who kicked it out the packs?
1: So it was I feel like, didn't Jordan, they trap or the other Jordan? guy? He got, no, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan had passed the ball before he got trapped. Pippen, got, hurt, like Pippen got trapped. Which is why he's he talking to, okay. to okay. Horace Grant. But okay. whoever was the other guy on the squad, whether it was, whether it was Jordan or another wing, was on the weak side in the corner and just gets laid out and flies on the ground sliding. Uh look man, I I can't it hurts because the history of the Phoenix Suns is you get to the finals and then you lose, right? That's just the history of, of us. We the greatest game ever played, the fifteen overtime game oh, on with the, the Celtics, yeah. 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 We lost that, right? Uh six overtimes. Well yeah, I mean, you know, once you pass three, like yeah, does it doesn't matter or- – Jeez. It's like that. Yeah, that's up there
2: with that Syracuse game, right uh, from college.
1: Oh my God! When it went on till like one o'clock in the morning or some shit like that. Yes, McNamara. Well, I mean, to, to, to be Jerry fair, McNamara. though, it's hard,
0: it, it's hard for me to feel your pain being from Cleveland. Like well, I do yes, have fair. so much, you know, pain and anxiety for you.
1: That's fair. That but music. to be fair, but to be fair, I can't speak for the. I can't speak for the Cleveland Native Americans. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that the never happens. And the Cavs both have championships. Well, the the Browns don't count. They weren't even playing Super Bowls then, Ray. You that not even count. No, I go didn't go. I wasn't field? thought of. No. When mm-hmm. you go to the arena, I bet money them damn t- t- championships are in the trophy case. And they're in the trophy case. Uh, Steve Nash's bloody uh, bandage <laughs> from when <Robin laughs> a, uh, Robert Ory. Robert must have thought he was in his Robin for a minute. Oh man! Was and the hit checked him. It was either he, he was, either he watched Nitro or Raw the night before, or he thought he was playing hockey because that is. was some hockey shit. Yo, that's big It didn't big take shot Bob. long. It didn't take long. I love you, Ray. <laughs> big <laughs> shot Bob. Big dog. shot Bob. For, for the record. Big shot Bob, who's made some of the biggest and most important shots in basketball history. The biggest shot he ever made was that hip check on Steven Nash. It big shot Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you whatsoever. So, yeah. And then it yeah. talk about big shots. What about the say Queensbridge shot with with when Kobe's fifty he got so many people are guarding Kobe? I think some of the dudes on the some of the uh the fans got in and put a hand in his face. He shows a fadeaway three misses everything, Ronald test, just happens to be there, throws it up, it goes in, and we lose, which was we were going to go to the finals of 2008. Like, it's, it's that's just the history of the Suns. So it, the the Muhammad, the Mario Eli kiss of death, three in the corner, is just Phoenix. So the Paxson shot hurt, but we wouldn't have been in that situation had we been ready in game one and had Michael not had... Extra reason to shut down who was probably that year our second best player. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying those are excuses, and I know they're excuses. I acknowledge that they are excuses, which are warped and rusted tools used to build monuments of nothing. I respect that. I get that. However, this Jordan we're talking about, it's got to be perfect to beat this dude because it ain't never happened. Well, that's the thing, man, and I,
0: you know, I compare this to the uh, New England Patriots dynasty that just died with Bill Belich- Belichick and Tom Brady, in that they're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, like, they're not going to make dumbass mistakes that teams that aren't used to winning are going to make. Like you're, they're not going to beat themselves. You have to beat them. You've got to cut the
1: head off the snake. And Whoa. Jordan was the the same it's, vein. It's a great. It's like a great. uh boxing or, or MMA champion. They don't got to beat you. You have to beat them. You have yeah. to go into the octagon of the ring and knock them out or definitively beat them for 12 rounds, 5 rounds, depending on the sport, or else the judges are always going to lean to the champion. That's yeah. just the way yeah. we're wired. So, and th- not only is this Jordan, but I've had arguments with a lot of my friends who are a little younger than me and don't respect Name Scottie Pippen like they should. They don't know. You, they, they don't. don't know. If you were not watching in the late eighties, early nineties, you don't understand. Pippen might have been the second best player in the league.
2: Platt, ha, Platt, and I have him top fifteen to
1: twenty all time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable putting him there now. I really got to sit down and think about that because you got three or four players from this generation who yeah. are in that spot that yeah. people got to move down now.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's only one that's player. Big. There's only one player that's still playing in the league right now. And I don't like to put people like I have. A, I can I can I can tell you my top 10. Uh, I, I have a top 10. I don't like to put them people into that until they're finished their career. There's only one player playing right now. That's ascended that list. Wrong.
0: Yeah. Wrong. Is, sure. is, is, is that the kid from Akron, Akron? Or was that it's not Little Laker Boy. I just wanted oh. to have an opportunity to say Little Laker Boy again. <laughs>
1: I'll, say, I'll say this. No this. By the time it's over. It, no, remember, it's Chris. Yeah. yeah. No, oh.
2: It's Chris Middleton.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit Parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Oh, Shut up. up. So so, you, so you're telling me the Bucks, the bucks are going to pay Chris Middleton $250 million? Uh,
2: they already paid him.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I, I just... It, it, it hurts my heart, that 93 series, but that was I – don't, I don't count that as our best shot because Charles Barkley said it perfectly. Ain't no shame yeah. losing to the best player ever. Yeah, that's
0: fair. I, I mean – I look at – that team is fascinating to me, though, because if you go back to the dream team, we're just going to uh, rewind just quickly – Charles Barkley was the MVP of that dream team like he went in there he beat the shit out of those poor other foreign countries he was the best player on that team not saying he's the best player but he was the best player he made the biggest impact on that team plus this is when he started to make his face turn because before that like the two most hated black people in America was Charles Barkley and Ice Cube (laughs) didn't he
2: do the
0: deodorant commercial after that then Right? Yeah, this was around right. the time when Barkley started making it. His
1: face turned.
0: I'll and say Pippin knows on, that team. on ah, him, You know what
1: I mean? Just... You say that, but don't come to Houston. <laughs> and, 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 am I wrong? We no, we did not like Charles Barkley. Okay, okay. Well, we didn't like. why we didn't like Charles Barkley as a city. We 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 appreciated him. Be well. First and foremost, we got. You know how you didn't? Your dad used to sell cars, Platt
0: houses but go- my no, yeah sorry. my step no my stepdad you're right my stepdad yeah, yeah. Right?
1: r.i.p. r.i.p. you know how you go that well that's what i meant your stepdad too. I, I i know go go ahead bro go ahead make you it point you boy. know how you you know how you go to a dealership and dudes like this car is the one it's beautiful just got a new transmission isn't that <laughs> and you drive off the lot and like it falls going. apart i already know where that was was going that. Yes. When we got him Y'all right? got a limit. You goddamn right. Y'all got a limit. Yeah, well, I'll take like the one that didn't
2: need a new transmission, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> exactly. You, if you would have told me what I was getting, but we traded away uh, Mark Bryan and Chucky Brown. Ah, but yes, Robert Orry and Sam Cassell, who was like in his third season, the Rifleman, Chucky Brown, baby. No, that's right?
0: Chuck. That's Chuck. It's person. Chuck person so. Oh my Mark bad. Is. Chucky Boy, Brown. Yes. Chucky
1: you know, Brown was a forward. So he was a power forward. Yeah, he was a forward. He replaced Otis Thorpe in the championship year in 95. My bad, my bad. Um, yeah, because
0: they, they traded him for Drexler among a yeah, couple other guys. Exactly, yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. which was actually a fair trade if you look at it, because Otis Thorpe was a beast out of four. Yeah. Um, yeah, But, yeah, so Houston doesn't look back on Barkley very kindly, and Houston hates to shout out Pippen for 99 alone. Yeah, well, although- I mean,
0: P- Pippen was washed after those bulls runs man and he made some money in portland and made some money in houston but he was washed after that
1: you're right but some money ain't the money he made in houston like (laughs) (laughs) all that money that he left on the table in 91 he He got it he got it with Houston. Houston. (laughs)
2: yeah you notice how he ain't that really he ain't really that mad when you get to the present day conversation about that (laughs) shitty contract (laughs) he had he's like yeah, whatever. You know, I, I signed a bad well, deal, he, but he, I he, made it up. It. City. <laughs> oh, yeah. He yeah, yeah. Oh, he took plenty of money from Portland, too, as well.
0: He should be that mad, and it's all karma because his fake-ass Kardashian wife took all his money, so it's all karma. <laughs> you know, if Houston,
1: you should feel better. It's a shame that Scotty couldn't see the future. Pop. <laughs> Pop can <laughs> 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 Yo, you imagine hey. your girl bang that <laughs> <laughs> yes i can and you know what that's sometimes you gotta take a l bro like for example you talk all the time i know we're really going off the rails now i apologize for for ruining your show tiny my bad you ain't ruining shit uh, i apologize uh, for bro- in your black panther party. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not my show. It's me what's and what Platt's show. Doing? It is so genuine. <laughs> like I, I, I would have been like, it's all right, bro. I understand. <laughs> all right, boys, give me a hug
0: for us. It's OK you ruined our black panther party. It's OK. <laughs>
1: you talk all the time about how Mrs. Platt has to understand if Sasha said, what's up? Sorry. Right? Dude, hey, you see the guns on her this week? Holy shit. Sasha? Yeah! Uh, I'm she working. What is she doing? I'm she damn making that shitty album she talking I'm about. No, I mean, I'm she had some guns.
0: Uh, my missus is gonna be listening to this show tomorrow, so go ahead, ladies or fellas, rather.
1: Yeah, talking about how Sasha Banks allowed you to intern for her as a
2: podcast host. I'll save you, Platt. I'll save you. Let's transition into the final <laughs> thoughts on this show. Amber, you know what? Do me a favor and check out some Orange Cassidy, okay? And stop punching your man in the chest when he comes up and, you know, fake <laughs> shin kicks your ass. I'm just kidding. Amber, I love you. You know that. All right, love guys, you. I want to finish this show briefly with everybody's thoughts here. Because I, I, this, has been a, this has been probably the best show we've had out of these three. Ray, I'm so glad you came on. I, I love the back and forth between all of us, all the great perspective. You can clearly tell we're all huge NBA fans and everything that's going on. We miss it so much. I can't wait for this shit to come back. And, folks, if you're lucky enough, maybe the three of us can find some time to give you an NBA podcast you know, maybe twice one, once, twice a month or something like that and, and, and keep it going because we all love the game. We love the people of the game. We love the fundamentals of the game. We love the history of the game. Speaking of the history of the game, one of the greatest final matchups ever, Jordan Barkley. Let's close the show and talk about Charles Barkley and his place in history and the accomplishments he's had and what he's gone on to do to become, basically – the face of the NBA from an analyst perspective, right? I mean, people look to him and, and are entertained, and you still you're you're not just entertained, you're you're getting a firsthand perspective on what it's like to acknowledge really good basketball, and in a way that comes from somebody that's experienced it. I want to start with Platt, after I say this, the round mound rebound. I always loved Charles Barkley. To me, I was a guy who was in a guard position but felt bigger and loved to play in the post and knew I could rebound and get dirty with everything. And I love Charles Barkley, man, and his attitude and his perspective, not his golf swing, but everything else, Mm man.
0: You know the thing is, man, because a lot of the younger generation for the past twenty years, Charles Barkley's been the fat dude on TV talking shit, and and dude was six seven. No, he wasn't six six. No, he was five six, and a half. He, six, six, four he was and three quarters. We no, he was like six four. They listed him as six seven. He was like six four in real life. Like he was not that big. Which you know that just is a testament to how good he was. He he's kind of the um I guess the not the doppelganger but like Zion's comp, like a dude that's kind of overweight but hella athletic and and is just a force sure. of nature. And yeah, I don't think again, man, because he's been the guy on TV talking shit for the last twenty years. You know, the younger generation they don't realize how cold Charles Barkley was. Like he might be top twenty. Maybe even 15. You can make an argument for that. Like, he's a cold guy. And, you know, him and and Shaq used to go back and forth on Mm -hmm. Inside the NBA, which I missed that show. Like, that's literally one of the best shows on television, and I missed it. Mm -hmm. And they would go back and forth. And, you know, Shaq always had that trump card, you know, five rings, Chuck, Google me or whatever it was. But, but yo, they're having a conversation with the the greats of the greats. You know what I mean? So when you get to th- that level, that's how we differentiate. Like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're you're top twenty. But this is how we differentiate the greats of the greats. And one thing that pissed me off was what Draymond said. Because Charles, I guess, had been critical of Draymond, and he came out and said, "Well, I got rings. He ain't got rings." Like, bro, Draymond, I love you. I really do. I love your mouth. I love your game but you fell off into literally the perfect situation to accentuate your positive skills. Charles Barkley would... I don't even know if this is being recorded now, but Charles Barkley would eat your ass for lunch, breakfast, and dinner.
1: Man, look. Okay, first and foremost, let's, let, me, let me start with Draymond stuff. You're right. And, and Draymond has never not acknowledged that Barkley is a better... Basketball player than him. He's never he's been open about that. That's very clear. But you you're telling me Charles Barkley wasn't drafted in the perfect situation? Billy Cunningham, Julius, Julius Irvin, Mo Cheeks, and Moses Malone? Well, how'd that work out? They didn't win nothing. But the right, but that is but they he was still drafted in the perfect position. Right? Things happen. Great teams don't win all the time, right? The the 2010, uh the 2010 uh Mavericks shouldn't have been the champion, but they were. Or whatever year it was, right? Um, so yes, the 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 issue with Draymond, and I'm on, I'm actually on Team Draymond for this one reason. Charles just picks on that dude for no reason. Draymond didn't say shit back for years, and the two things that Charles valued, Draymond got, as rings and money. And Draymond's argument is, you could talk all the hot shit, you better play to me and all that cool. You're right, but my importance to my championship teams is something that you never had opportunity to get. So, like you said, this rings culture has become such a thing in basketball because it's almost like yeah. if you ain't got rings, you can't be in the conversation. Yeah, and is, I mean, it's it real, is, and then it's also BS in the same sense.
0: It is, man, and it permeates other sides yeah. of uh, a culture as well. Kind of like you know, hip hop. Well, if you didn't yeah. go platinum, you platinum suck. Album, and, you know, yeah. Dumb, sure. Yeah, a little dumb shit like that. I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. Please continue. So no, you
1: just extending just the conversation. Let me be a... Yes, sir. Do you guys know You guys know what the smell test is, right? I mean, I have
2: kids, so you're talking about that smell <laughs> test? <laughs> I'm talking about in the general synopsis of the whole thing. Basically, the smell test is one look, and I can tell you who's better, right? Yeah. And yeah. things of that nature. Now, when you get into the greatest of the greats, yes, championships are going to come into the factor. And when you're going to talk about comparing people against Michael Jordan, the one singular conversation that you have all the time, it comes down to championships, right? But it also comes down to MVP finals. But when you look at Draymond Green and when you look at Charles Barkley... It's, a comparison. it's not yeah. it's It's not even apples and oranges. It, it's apples and minnows or... Well, like, yeah, they, uh, toasters, right. it's, it's apples right. and bikes, it's apples and cats. It's not even fucking anything, yeah. any similarity whatsoever.
1: Draymond will never average 20 points a game because it's not his role. That's Not not only is that role, but it's not his game. Dray- no, Charles a- Barkley could have played
2: Draymond Green's role better than Draymond Green played it on the Warriors. I don't, period. I don't, I don't End I don't of
1: conversation. I don't agree with that. Let me tell you why I don't agree with that. Uh, I don't agree with that because Charles Barkley's ego wouldn't allow him to take a lesser role.
2: Well, that's, that's kind of taking out of you're, you're putting someone, you're pulling someone already out of their own situation. I'm just saying talent wise, Charles Barkley would would have been way better for that team
1: than Draymond Green. When has Charles Barkley ever decided to defend somebody? (laughs) When he wanted to, when it mattered. That, that, that's not draymond draymond's great draymond's role is you'll defend the either the best wing or the best big every night and draymond six and jump, you making me stick up for draymond over over barkley <laughs> so like uh, yeah but, but
2: charles barkley is a better rebounder than draymond green ever was and it's unbelievable that the fact that the most underrated part of defense is rebounding
1: look what you 100 I, I agree there but also the games are different where in those days the the there wasn't up and down the game wasn't as up and down as it is now. So when you when you Char- were back in those days Charles sorry. and his Charles at his peak ran the floor better than anybody. I must you know you you're right. I'm not saying they didn't have people that were on the floor, but I mean is by and large the games were more half court offenses than uh than a up than an up and down game like it is now. The pace of the game was slower then, than it is now. And because of the pace of the game being slower, there was much more opportunity for rebounds because they're running sets every time down the court. These teams are just going down and jacking up threes. The rebounding is different in, these, in, the, in, in this series. I'm the, now, I'm not saying that Draymond is, is a better rebounder. By no stretch of the imagination, there may be four guys in history that's a better rebounder than Charles. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's a different game in both respects.
2: Think about it this it way, is. though. Think about it this way, though. Right now, it is a different game. Until you get to when? Until you get to the playoffs. And it's all about matchups. It's all about adjustments. It's all about defense. Think about having the shooters that Golden State has with a guy oh. which is such a threat at the post and that's such a great passer in Charles Barkley from down there. Think about what he did, and you saw it firsthand in your own favorite team with the Suns is half the reason why they were so good is because Charles operated from the post. So now not only do you have a team that can run regardless and a guy who's going to rebound on the other end and start the outlet, when you get shut down on the, on, the, on the transition, now you feed it to Charles and he's kicking it out to world-class shooters everywhere. He's not going to do that, though.
1: Sure. He, he did it in 93. Yeah, but back in those days, it was the teams were built star role players, right? Am I wrong? The
2: song, the, the, yeah, but you're talking about the Warriors who already have two MVPs on their team and well, you right, already have right. guys that are... Like, Clay Thompson could take a team and be in the conference finals every single year and average 35 points if he wanted to with somebody.
1: I agree. The point I'm trying to make is what we, what I, what we know about Charles Barkley as a basketball player. Yes, he would... When, when he was the guy, he was doubled and tripled every time. Would he be doubled and tripled with the best shooters of all time? No, but then he'd score 40 one game, and the next game
2: they double him, and Clay would score 50, and then Steph would score 60.
1: I I don't look at Barkley in the way you his story.
2: Harrison Barnes would still have, like,
1: 12. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I don't want to disrespect Barkley because – Historically, he's an all-time great player. He he did wonders for my sons. Um, he's a monster, but I feel like, and this this is uh, this might be you said earlier. You, you 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 like me. You you might dislike me for this. This no. might be a big person <laughs> But I think I think Barkley is overrated historically. Oh, tell me the difference. But where where is he rated historically, though? I mean, many people would. That's he's a good top.
2: Question. He's top fifty. He, okay. So every do we he's, all agree? He's top, top fifty. Top fifty, right?
1: Top, easily. All around easily. the
2: horn. Okay. Top forty. Yes.
1: Yes. I'll I'll give him top forty, but you go above that. I got to really start listing out names.
2: All right. Well, there you go.
1: Maybe this is but, but a,
2: maybe this is the birth of a of a of a
1: podcast on the road. There you go. I go, I go top twenty with Burke. Well, tell me, tell me, historically. Not the wins and the losses, just the game, right? And how they affected their teams, right? What's the difference between him, historically, and a guy like Bernard King or Dominic Wilkins? Uh, neither of them made it to finals, right? Bernard King maybe, yeah, I think, you're got Yeah, but talking swept. about wins. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about their games and how they affected the teams. None of those Knicks teams with Bernard King had any talent.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, I'm talking about, game not their effect on the team like Bernard King was a bad melon farmer and the, the cocaine and the injuries caught up with him uh
1: Dominique bad because there was nobody on the squad that could get in yeah, so he had I, to shoot 50 times a game
0: and I love me some Dominique Wilkins but Dominique never had a jump shot and that was his biggest thing if Dominique could have developed a jump shot he would have been as good as Jordan
1: except for,
2: he, he except for one game against Larry Bird
1: Oh, he when he dropped the double nickel or whatever it was he well, had. When they yeah, went yeah. back
2: and, when they went back and forth for an entire quarter, literally.
1: Well, Bird pissed him off. He was like, all right, I'm gonna show yeah. you something. So uh, I'm I'm gonna put
0: Barkley above both those guys just because of his tenacity and his athletic ability. And the fact that we had never seen anything like that. He was a six four power forward, and we had never seen nothing like that. Here. They list him as six, 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 seven, but he's more like six three, six four. I'll end Let's the
2: com- I'll I'll end the conversation right here about. Charles Barkley's place in history. Are you ready? He won an MVP of the NBA while Michael Jordan was in his prime.
1: That, that doesn't mean nothing to me. Yeah, no, no that's that... too bad. Yeah, let me tell you why. I don't mean that disrespectfully. What I, I mean that because historically the MVP, the MVP of the league is, is not the best player in the league. It's who had the best season on the best team.
0: But I mean, just like Jordan should probably have 10 or 11 MVPs LeBron should probably have 10 or 11 MVPs but right. they get tired of vote for the same guy every time
1: Steve so Nash they start
0: yeah so they start in like November and December the press does arguing about who they want to be MVP and then they craft that narrative and then that's the Mellon farmer that ends up being MVP that shit's and all political so I'm not yeah that's political. This.
1: And then the size thing is real, but if you're not if you're not starting the conversation with West Unseld, then we're not talking size. Okay. He was a six seven center.
2: So Barkley won an MVP while Jordan was in the middle of completing his three-peat. How's that? Yes.
1: Platt said it best. They get tired of voting for the same dude. the 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 Suns had the best record in the league. How can you not vote for that guy?
2: I now I know How what they, get... they feel like on those TV shows when you're arguing a point you just don't believe in it.
0: <laughs> I mean that's a park top 20. So, you know, there's that.
1: So, so take take it more recently, right? Kobe retired with one MVP. He does more MVPs than he won. One of the MVPs Tim Duncan won, Jason Kidd should have won. Does one Kobe MVP, really de- Does Kobe really deserve more MVPs? I think I do, but the dip but the re- the but the reason he doesn't have them is because his team the team success didn't match. In fact, I'll give you the most egregious one to me historically, and y'all and I know Platt's gonna hate this. You might hate this too. What if Derek if it Rose, it Derrick Rose won? Oh, LeBron. Dwight Howard won that MVP. Oh, I don't know about that. Go back and look at what the, the things that Dwight Howard did for that. No other player averaged twelve on the team, and they only lost. Four games less than the Bulls.
2: Yeah, they had a Gundy as a coach, though, didn't they? They had a Gundy as a coach, didn't they? You yes, bite That, your that you historically not, means less points, though. That historically means less points.
0: Well, bes- you would not besmirch the good goddamn name of I'm Gundy. I'm not!
2: It was Jeff, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they, the, the style of this basketball they had, they really had that. You know, normally teams went inside out. They went outside in almost to an extent. So they shot a shitload of threes before it was popular. Um, uh, but it 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 just goes. And then remember Le- that Platt said it. LeBron should have won probably ten straight. But that was the first year LeBron left Cleveland and went to Miami. We're not voting for him. That Voted was his the heel turn for yeah. a new guy. Yeah, that's, that's his the heel the the, the the MVP is much more about team success and and political BS than it is about the best player. Well, David Robinson won MVP over Hakeem. Well, David Robinson is my favorite player of all time. So that's he but he he's not better nor was he ever better than Hakeem. Go watch the Western Conference Finals that year. He he turned him he almost made that dude go back and re enlist into the Navy. <laughs> someone, someone, <laughs> someone 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 told me. In fact,
2: tonight, someone even told me it's a regular season award.
1: It is, it absolutely is. It, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm just saying Hakeem was so pissed.
2: I love Hakeem. He's probably if I had to take a center for all time, that's the guy I
1: would take. Maybe, maybe a young Kareem, young Kareem, young Kareem. Uh, it, the only other now, no, the only other person I'm taking over Hakeem is 2000 Shaq. Because he yeah, was unstoppable, so a weird. good coach.
2: A good coach beats Shaq team in a series. Shaq, by so himself, gonna,
0: yes,
1: yes,
0: we're gonna pretend like uh, Kareem, Will Chamberlain. I said Kareem, Bill Russell, Bill Walton. We're gonna act like these gentlemen didn't exist. Okay, cool.
1: No this to them. No oh, to them. But I'm, I definitely I'm
0: exist, Christopher Platt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, thank, thank you Bill how's the Grateful, uh, uh, Grateful Dead go? <laughs> never mind over there Ray Cash <laughs> I, Platt, I was born in 88 so while I have respect for those guys and how great I, they are I can I, only be beholden by what I've seen and by yeah. the style of play that I've watched those guys didn't play in this style of, in this style of play right? Yeah, no. so it's hard for me to put Wilt historically in this league Right, because Wilt wasn't overly athletic. Whoa, 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 I whoa! I said, whoa. overly not, no, no, contraire,
0: mon fritter." He was a track runner. He ran. He did high <laughs> jump. He did long jump. Did he, he bench pressed six hundred pounds. Yeah, like Wilt was a freakish ass. Oh, he athlete, was a great volleyball right?
2: player.
1: Yeah,
0: he was a right. Freak Seven
1: athlete two, My God, I gotta,
2: <laughs> I gotta,
1: I gotta, I gotta, I yeah. gotta bring
2: this great conversation to a halt. If yeah, you want to hear more of this, no, don't be sorry at all. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself for the last two hours. This, this is, basketball is something I love talking about. It's a passion of all of ours. People, if you've been listening, you clearly get that. Gentlemen, let's wrap this thing up. Everybody get their last take in. I'll start. I'll kick it over to Ray, and then, Plaid. you can give yours and, and wrap us up. And, folks, don't worry. We're going to be back next week for episodes seven and eight. We're going to be back again the week after for nine and 10. We're probably going to be back the week after that to just kind of uh, take it all in and give all the thoughts we couldn't after that. We'll just keep this kind of going a little bit of a NBA podcast theme going. I, I loved five and six. I, I honestly, it's funny. The, the main thing I want to say about five and six is I can't wait to get to seven. The main part of this series I wanted to see is when Jordan leaves and goes to play baseball I want to see the spin they put on that and things of that nature. Uh, Ray, I'm so glad you came on. I, I, I'm hoping you're back next week and every
1: single week. I had a blast. I think uh, the three of us had a great conversation today. It's uh, been my absolute pleasure, man. This, I, Like, I love basketball. You know, I'm a religious dude. If you're not, I apologize. But I believe that things work their ways, work themselves into being what you need, even when you don't know you need it. And in the midst of this quarantine, with us having nothing to do and being at home all day and being depressed or being despondent or being without hope or whatever you want to call it, the fact that we've been blessed with this series that has encompassed so much of, media from it's a they're doing spots on it 30 minute spots on it on good morning america like this is what the world is talking about and it's what we needed and it's amazing to think that it all revolves around one dude that goes to show the level of not only greatness but the level of interest this guy has and that he probably like a lot of these stories the the Barcelona story some of this stuff is, st- is stuff that I'll never forget for the rest of my life and being the guy who was able to see Jordan at his apex and I remember it it's it's such a wonderful stroll down memory lane to remember and uh, this is what we needed I think as a society and I'm so appreciative and so honored to be available and be able to watch it and be able to talk about it. Like this, this is, this is, this is, this, I feel every time Sunday comes, I feel like I feel before WrestleMania starts. It's that big.
0: I, I'm i enjoying the series, obviously. And I, I just have to say, I, I literally, I love both of you gentlemen. I really do. With all my heart and a piece of my liver. I love both of y'all. And I just hope and pray that the fun that we have doing this And talking about this translates to the listeners because I I'm literally having a ball every week. We come on here and do this. Ray, my brother, thank you for coming on. We pray and hope that we can have you back. Tony, you already know what it is, man. Bro, you already know what it is, man. I I threw out the plat signal, and I said, hey, man, can we talk about this? And you were right there, ready, willing, and able. And I'm so glad that we even have an opportunity to do all of this. And th- th- that's all I got to say, man. That's it. One more thing.
1: Fuck Jerry Krause. <laughs> that is full chin ass. <laughs> it is saying- who, man, so...
0: So, Mr. Cash, brother, uh, let the good people know where they can find you, man.
1: Uh, you can find your boy at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-S-C-A-S-H as in dollar signs. I'm going to get it right. I promise. <laughs> uh, no practice, right? Um, apparently, you can find me on the Potters War Basketball Last Dance Edition.
0: Pop, <laughs> I like
1: uh, Outsiders Edge coming out this week. Holler at us at Outsiders Edge CS, um, and uh, you know we represent that Chairshot.com, where you always use your head,
0: head, 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 head. Tony, where can they find you, brother? Oh, everywhere.
2: <laughs> you can find me.
0: <laughs> you, can,
2: you can just go to at PC Tony. That's 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 the simplest thing. Yeah, there's there's five things I'm doing right now, so. This being my most important
0: at the moment. Hey, man, you guys can find me on Twitter at The Real C Plat, but more importantly than that, make sure you take your sticking asses to prowrestingteas.com forward slash the share shot. If you appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out, why don't you show us some love and spend some of them truck bucks by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the share shot and up a shirt? Please, and thank you, thank you, please. COVID cash, baby. I ain't spent none of my Trump bucks yet. I ain't oh, getting none yeah. of my Trump bucks. I, I didn't either. That little Laker boy, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> that
1: little Laker boy.
0: Hey, That's not going
1: to
2: be
0: the name of this podcast.
1: Rest in peace, Kobe. The worst thing about this entire thing is Kobe ain't here to talk to us about it, man. And it's so depressing because the level of introspection Kobe had at the end of his career in these last four years, we've been blessed to have him with no basketball. He's become... What, what what we say that Barkley is, he's surpassed it. he surpassed that. He was such a a pleasure to hear and to see and to and to learn from. And dog him talking about this Jordan doc in real time, you know, it's a shame we never get that. So rest in peace to that to that little Laker boy. Hey,
2: we did have a we did have a little clip though from him in these two episodes in which he said, you know, for people to compare him to Jordan and like things of that nature, who would win one-on-one and things like that. He's like, man, I I hate those conversations because if there was no Michael, there's there's no, uh, there's no Kobe.
1: you know I mean? He modeled the shit after him, you know? There's a a clip of Kobe, There's a clip of David Stern too. So shout out to David Stern. Rest in peace.
0: amen.
1: Amen. Take us home, play.
0: Bruh, I can't follow up what both you and Ray said man, at all. RIP to the little Laker boy, aka Kobe Bryant, and Gianna as well. She celebrated a birthday last week. And RIP to David Stern, the best commissioner in the history of sports. And with that being said, man, thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to be back next week. Same plat time, same plat channel. Until then, Shalom.
1: Sometimes I feel...
2: To, we forgot to talk about Mike throwing quarters with the uh, security back in the <laughs> locker room, man. I used to throw no. quarters back in the day in high school, man, and with all of guys from basketball, man. I, you got you learn how to get
1: quick good at that game quick. Shout out to Bob from accounting, making, a, <laughs> making a, <laughs> Bob making has a flow. Bob has a flow. No, so, and he had the coldest shrug in history. He was like Mike. Ah. <laughs> ah. ah.